Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The Brewing Network Sunday Session is brought to you by the badasses at More Beer. Visit them at morebeer.com. Feels like work. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer, and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody can read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. (laughs) Mrs. Buff, if you want, I can mail you the bub timer. Yeah, Newcastle, especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? (laughs) No, I have not had it in the can. (laughs) Notice I closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers. Craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Good evening. This is JP, and uh, this is The Session. Oh, it is. It is. Hello, Warren. Hi. Uh, this is The Session. This is The Session, in case you guys didn't know. Uh, Bev, we have a call on the non-existent line five. I don't know if you... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Already, they can't wait to call in. The calls are coming from inside the house. Uh, yes, so here I am. I'm covering uh, all the shows for February. Lucky you guys. Jay's uh, off doing other things, uh, other portion of the business need attending to. I think we're going to fi- you know, fix some glitches on the website and all this other cool stuff. So I'm going to be sitting in. Uh, and uh, sitting in, I am. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm pretty stoked, uh, at least for tonight's show. We'll see how next week goes, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but today we have Marshall from Boolosophy. Marshall, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on again, man. Uh, yeah, for sure. Now, you were on Dr. Homebrew well, like a year ago or whatever, right? Almost exactly. Yeah. Um, and you do, uh, in short, you do a bunch of uh, experiments with beer, with homebrew. That's all. That's it. Trying That's to figure right. things out. Uh, yeah, man. And so we're, you know, we try to do that, but, uh, you know, look, nobody has time for that anymore. Uh, so in a, way, in a way, we're outsourcing it to you, even though you've been doing this for like years and years. It's now our idea. Uh, years and year. It's years been, and it's year. It's always been two years exactly. Oh, yeah, really? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wow, because people, uh, you know, quote you and talk about you. It, it seems like you've kind of been in the homebrew industry for a long time. I think it's because we do so much. Yeah. Thank you. 
Bev's fixing his microphone here. What a producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at you. Nice work, Bev. Second week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we do, uh, we, we're pushing out one every week, and so I think it, it injects... It injects into the stream there. It injects the online world with uh, data. Yeah, yeah so I think it fires people up too. I'm pretty excited about it. Looking on your website and checking some stuff out, uh, I'm I'm pretty stoked. It actually has me thinking about homebrew again, which is something I try to avoid altogether, like crossing the street <laughs> outside of an intersect or a crosswalk. Yeah, yeah, you don't that. want to do it. The fact that brewlosophy has gotten you thinking about homebrew again is pretty exciting to me, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I'm stunned. That's true. So we're going to talk to Marshall a little bit. Uh, not only are we going to talk about uh, mash temp and fermentation temp and what those uh, may or actually may not mean uh, to your beer. Uh, shocking, I know. Uh, he also has a couple triangle tests for us to do. So we're going to be tasting a couple beers in the studio, talking about what may or may not be different with them. Well, I guess they're they're all different, but uh, still, it's going to be fun time and uh you know we're gonna talk some homebrews this is uh i'm I'm pretty excited about it i feel like it's been a long time since we've just sat down and done a straight up homebrew show probably the last time you hosted probably the (laughs) last noticing (laughs) a theme that might be that might be the last time (laughs) yeah uh remember uh, nate sitting over there where i think yeah yeah, that's true yeah right i believe you're right yeah the hops uh, hops, right Mm -hmm. right all those hops from nico brews pretty cool uh before we get started though of course i got to go through all the crap that i don't want to go through and and you probably don't want me to go through it either but i'm going to do it because i don't care uh if you want to support the brewing network which i highly suggest that you do because quality entertainment like this doesn't come cheap let me tell you uh i work for dollar uh, go to our Amazon link on our page. You can go to com, and there's a link right there. Do all your shopping through that link. We get a little bit of cash for the referral, uh, and, and you know you get the same high-quality stuff from Amazon that you've uh, always been getting. Uh, you can also donate. Hit the donate button. Become a, a reoccurring donor. Uh, you get a bunch of cool stuff. Not only do you get uh, you know advanced information on what what's going on. If we have uh, tickets for sale, if Winterfest had happened already, you would have known about that a couple months ago. But uh, sign up now, and you can know about it when it happens in April, of course, and be the first to get some tickets there. Uh, you can go in our BN store and buy some merchandise and be you know the best dressed home brewer at uh, at the next fest you're at. Man, it's a low bar. It's a very low bar. Uh, I saw one of the guys from um, uh, Firestone, uh, Jim. I forget his last name. Anyway, he does the sour program oh, at Firestone. Crooks? I think so, yeah. I yeah. uh, posted this photo what looked like an artichoke <coughs> in a bung. In a bunghole on a barrel, and I was like, "That's dangerously close to a hop grenade." Get, Copyright infringement. Back off! And everyone's like, "Is that an artichoke?" And I'm like, just, oh, yeah. "I don't know." Kind of has that. Yeah. I don't even want to bring it in. Uh, thanks, guys, for, for being here, especially Tasty. Uh, yeah, it's not know. easy. Well, SF Beer Week just ended, or is it oh, still yeah, going? No, no, I don't no, even know. Ended, yeah. uh, I it think it lasts a month. It ended yesterday, but uh, <laughs> I ended it on Saturday night. You did? Yeah. You, uh, you said you're done. I'm done with this. What did you do? Anything Anything? Uh, anything better than last time? No, actually, it was not as, I don't know. I don't take it quite as seriously. Uh, I, used to, I used to try to hit, like, you know, more than one event a day. Yeah. Realized that's kind of, and... Uh, all that, that was all about feeling bad about not being able to go to them all, right? So, uh, is that what it was? You yeah, just... yeah. So that was useless. So I stopped doing that. So, uh, I went to some good ones. So I went to one, uh, I think it was called Women in Beer. It was at, uh, of course you did. Firehouse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it sounded like I was there you know, going to uh, do it you know, because it was just, uh, you know, because women and me, you know, that all that. Right. I already knew all these women. So it was like, you know, they know my deal. Uh, it's the new ones that I like. <laughs> So speaking of which, uh, hanging out with friends. Yeah, it was sort of it was built, and it, it, in some ways it was sort of thing where women who would like to get into the into the into the beer industry 
uh, can come and talk to women who are already in it. Okay. I don't know how to do that. Hmm. And uh, That sounds kind of cool. It was actually happening. I, in fact, I... Uh, I could tell when somebody came in that wasn't in the industry. Because <laughs> they had big saucers for eyes. And I go, oh, well, I, I would go over and like say, well, hi, how are you doing? So-and-so. Uh, see. Hey, what, do you, what do you want to do? I go, oh, I know just the person for that. So I would take them over to the brewer yeah. or the salesperson or the owner or whatever their you know interest was. So you're like the senior. Yeah. Uh, getting in on, was, on freshman knew, orientation. Well, yeah. I knew all the, yeah. all the, all the, all the women. <laughs> Slash recruiter. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I did several of those. God, that's a good move. Look at you. Yeah. You've learned a thing or two in your uh, years. I nice really, I do a lot of enjoyment about getting people information that they need, for sure. Well, yeah, but sure. That, uh, you know, the women, that that's like uh, saying, oh, yeah, I went to the hydroponics and beer event. Of course, of course you did. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's like saying uh, Warren went to a beard competition. It is like oh, saying. Oh, by the way, did you go to that beard competition? I uh, you went to a I beard did go. You invited me, and so I. Okay. Since I said I was going on Facebook, whatever oh, it was a month ago, I felt obligated. <laughs> uh, yeah, Facebook is the new. I promise I will be there. Right. Yeah. I figured if I did it, if I agreed to it a, a month ago, I can't change my mind now. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> no, you can't. So I went. And, and it will be the, it'll be go. the last beard competition oh. I ever do. <laughs> wow. you, 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 this is actually a real thing. You actually what's, did this. Oh, right? I actually did it. And um, uh, where where was it? It was all? at Drake's. Drake's okay. did a, a beer and beard night. Okay. And um, they had some people come down from People's, which is a barber shop in the area, I guess. Yeah. And they were the judges, and they just called everybody up and. They had a lady that went through and was like combing through your beard, making sure there weren't any chunks like, of hamburger and, and be- like making you look like you're not an orangutan in a zoo. Right, somewhere. making sure you actually take care of yourself okay. and have proper hygiene. <laughs> okay, good. Um, you had a den mother. That's nice. <laughs> right. And uh, after that, they just ha- handed out the prizes. So okay, you, and there's a lot of staring and gawking. Well, and yeah, clapping and that's what happens just whenever you go anywhere. We went right. out. We went out the other night to see the Schumanns play, and it was like nonstop. Bro, sick beard, brah, 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 brah. If you want to ride my lifted truck, I mean, and I already, Danville, and I already don't like that when it's one on one. Yeah. individual contact, let alone right. a room of people staring at me. So did anybody, was anybody else as proficient in the follicle arts as you, or, um, or were you the only one? There was uh, what the East Bay sales rep from Speakeasy, who, yeah. who uh, came in second place, uh, had about five or six inch beard, which was pretty good, and he took care of it, and it looked good on him. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming That's you... his professional opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Big, looked, I assume you won. He looked real handsome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did, so, um, yeah, we're all assuming that you won, right? That's the... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's why um, I sent you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, look, when, you can win this. As people were... So, I was on the far side of the room yeah. uh, when they called everybody or uh-huh. said, hey, if you're interested, okay, come, come on up. up. Uh-huh. And when I stood up, there were people who had already walked up to the front and that sat, around, back sat back down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I felt kind of bad. Oh. I was like, "No, you, <laughs> no. you should still participate." <laughs> yes. Did the uh, partic- or was there a participation award? Turns out there was, and so those guys, the quitters, oh, didn't oh, get quitters. didn't uh, get a free T-shirt. Uh, so, yeah. Jeez. So, what did you win? What do you win at the uh, the best uh, beard in the place uh, award? It was it was a bucket full of Sierra Nevada and Drake's swag, um, okay. and a free growler fill, and we got uh, nice. our dinner. Wow. For. Like, they gave us a gift card that covered dinner and a uh, couple rounds. And so 
It was it was well worth it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and got some uh, Sierra Nevada mustard too, which I'm pretty excited about. Okay, I, I thought they didn't make that anymore. No, it's in my it's grocery store. Yeah. It's oh, it is. Safeway, yeah. Oh, I like. I it. just had it at the pub, and so I didn't no, even know they, they packaged you can it. Buy it. They've had it on the market quite a bit. Oh, okay. Huh. Well, if you like it, you can buy it again. It's yeah. good stuff. We used to sell it at More Beer, like when it kind of first started, oh, really? and people okay. would people would buy it, but. Maybe it, doesn't, it doesn't taste like beer to me. It doesn't taste like beer, but I think maybe they thought it was weird buying mustard at, a, at a homebrew store. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird, man. It's like, what are usually on your list Yeah, when you're going to the homebrew shop? And I think maybe when like Safeway started carrying it, people were like, I'll just get it. I'll just have the wife get it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's more normal there. <laughs> it is more normal there. Well, look at you. Congratulations, Warren. You won something. Yeah, and I'm going out on top. I won one, and that my career's over. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Retired beard champion. Yeah. That'll be a good shirt. Well, now you can just go and not compete. Just kind of go like. Yes, yes. <laughs> guys, oh, you guys all look great. Yeah. Very good. You guys good. have fun. <laughs> yeah. What did that guy tell you outside of Minar the other night? Oh, best beard I've seen since Jack Passion. Yeah. And you're like, ugh. Yeah, he did say that. Like, and and what I, what I realized is you know, when I'm walking down the street with, like, Taryn or Bev or any any female, women don't go, hey, I love your hair. It's so long. It's shiny. What did you? What are you doing uh, to it? Do you put, like, coconut oil? What are you doing? How long have you been growing your hair? Uh, but what is it about beards that make men just bro up instantly? Removes people's inhibitions, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> It's a bro. It's a brophodisiac, and even women too. Sometimes, oh no, I've seen her run up and just want to. Can I touch it? And you, you go, yeah. Well, this this one, oh, yeah, yeah. So Minar, if you've never been to Minar in Danville, it's, oh, it's, it's a cougar lounge. It's, it's a cougar lounge <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. It's like I think the oldest bar in Danville. It's like it's been around since 1904. I think like yeah. legitimately. Those cougars were young when it opened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they built it. They they sewed the curtains. There's a whole thing. Uh, so it's just this. It's it's yeah, Cougarville for sure. And uh, this older lady was walking by doing salsa. I don't know what she was doing, but uh, Schumann's band was playing. Uh, they were doing a cover band, and so uh, it was a very inappropriate dance for the for the music that was playing. But she walks by and smiles and like strokes Warren's beard and doesn't say anything, doesn't ask me anything. So I reach out and I pet her hair. I stroke her hair. <laughs> right. And then she looked at me, and I'm like, well... I thought that's hey, just what you that's do. That's what we're doing, soon. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just the weirdest, man. Like, yeah. Uh, whatever. Get in your Tesla and get out of here. I've thought about doing that. I'm just not... I don't feel angry enough about it at the time <laughs> to make them feel as uncomfortable as they're making me feel. Yeah, I suppose I try to make everything a learning moment, and I probably shouldn't. I, well, I I was I enjoyed you doing that and appreciate it, <laughs> and you. wish I no, you was brave enough to do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I got to stand by my man. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, all right, let's do some feedback. I wish we had the uh, theme music, but I don't have it. Um, I don't think it was imported since uh, Martinez. Yeah, we, we haven't oh, played yeah. it in a It'd long time. I think it's just lost. But is that banjos are an old instrument? Does it want to hold for me? No, Bev's not having a good day. <laughs> Arms are she, flying. It's probably somebody over. calling about a bill. I don't even know. Uh, she's not talking to me, is she? No, no she's, she's on the phone. phone. Okay. Uh, here's uh, feedback. Um, <clears throat> Justin, I hope you are enjoying your month plus off. Yeah, me too. Uh, seriously, seriously, JP, I hope they are paying you enough to care for your family. Bevo, too. How much do you care for your family? I, 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 don't, I don't know. Uh, here's a show idea. Keg some fancy water and further dress it up to impress your guests without getting shit-faced. My boss and I talk about beer all the time, and he just got a kegerator. I warned him about the detrimental effects and suggested putting club soda on one tap. I suppose that's uh, maybe at work. That's what I do. I, I have club idea. soda on yeah. one tap. I think it's amazing. 
I know Drew Beecham is now on a competing podcast, uh, but I read I read he lost several stone. Which uh, okay, yes. stone is like fourteen, 14 and pounds. a half or so pounds. Yep. So he lost like a hundred and yeah, Jay was right, like a hundred and five pounds. Yeah, he lost a lot of while. weight. Yeah. Uh, so this could be a useful show tie-in. But hey, let's see what your new producer can do with it. Bevo, you are a saint. Thank you for your service, Ben. P.S. I really do appreciate all you folks do. I will see you in Baltimore with a heartfelt handshake. Thank you, Ben. Is uh, he sounds like one of those like I love you man drunks? So he wants us to have Drew yeah, on well, to talk about weight loss. Was that I, I, about, don't I don't get the gist of that. <laughs> I don't know. I, that's I, what I, I mean. I thought it was being worn. Thank you. I think he was. I think he was kind of plowed and was just like, I love these dudes. I'm totally going to tell him. Yeah, yeah. Drew and uh, Denny Khan uh, now have a podcast. I forget what it's called, but I think they do a lot of the experimental homebrewing stuff, like in their book. And um, yeah, it's a theme. I think. Well, we had them on the show when yeah. their book was brand new. That's right. That's right. They so, never had me on, so it must be sort of like a <laughs> yeah. they've had me on lower tasty. level. Yeah. Well, well they yeah. probably got <laughs> the they've podcast. Had on. Look at that. <laughs> they probably got the podcast idea from us. They'll get to me eventually, I guess. <laughs> yeah. right Such a novel idea. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just uh, they're just working down the list. Yeah, I was going to say up the list. Right. I was going to say up the overgrown sense. Uh, Bev's still on the phone. I wonder what if was she, oh, maybe she's ordering dinner and let her go. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> well, I think it's a caller. Tell so her to be done early. She looks really interested. Yeah, you look very interested, Bev. What's happening over there? She, now she just started hearing us. Or not. Are you, not, are you talking to me? What do you want? I was just <laughs> just checking in. Nice. Yeah. yeah, we're good. All right, great. Sure all I just uh, that was a, a nice uh, man whose name I have promptly forgotten uh, from Tampa who was not sober, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they are having a two one a launch party there. Oh wow! So he was he was there and he was just super excited to be getting two one a beer and uh, was his name Ben? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, it might have been. I don't know. No, I prom- right. promptly forgot. I sometimes forget that you don't have your headphones on all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anyway. I can't, it's hard to talk on the phone with headphones on. Thank you. Mm-hmm. No problem. I this is from uh, Casey. Uh, he says Dan Gordon and Charlie Bamforth are consistently the best two guests you ever have on the show, and that's saying a lot considering all of the amazing people that you've ever had on the show. Thank you for the great show and all of the information. This guy says show a lot. It's pretty cool. Uh, be an army for life. Sincerely, Casey Adams. I agree, Casey. They're uh, those two people. Uh, knock it out of the park each and every time they're yes. on, man. Um, and then, unfortunately, last but not least, we only had three pieces of feedback. Uh, sent from my iPhone says, I write in response to the feedback sent by the person claiming JP is a better host than Justin. Now, I don't remember this ever happening, so, uh, you know. <laughs> it happened. This is it did happen. I it did? Week. It happened. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well sent. I appreciate it. Uh, nothing against JP. He's a great co-host, and the show would not be the same without him. However, Justin is a much better host and a great interviewer. Keep in mind, this was the same man slash woman who has no sense of humor and was offended by the women in beer episode. This person's opinion cannot be trusted. <laughs> Keep up the good work. I sent for my iPhone. Well, I agree. I guess. I don't know. I mean, what, look, what do you want from me? Which one was the person who can't be trusted? I don't know. I was saying this person, so maybe they right. referred to themselves in the third person. The one who said you weren't a good host or the one who said you were? You got me. I have no idea. He, whatever. I don't trust it. Yeah. I replied to the email, but my dad re- responded back, so I don't, I don't know if he, oh, okay. things got mixed up. I dialed the wrong number or whatever. Emails are hard works. to work. Emails are tough, dude. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back... 
Um, I have a Twitter game. Oh, that's right. Thank you very much. I didn't write it on my notes. Warren, we yeah, have a Twitter my game. My first Twitter game. Can we ask JP if you got? Can you ask him if he got a game? We be. <laughs> You're following the protocol. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Hey, yeah. Warren, do we have a Twitter game? There you go. Uh, yeah, actually, we do have a Twitter game. Okay, the Twitter game today is brought to you by the Labruski Cruise. Come join us on the Labruski Cruise. You can find out all about it. Uh, go to thebringnetwork.com, and there's a, a big old thing. I'm looking at it right now. It says Cruise with the BN, and uh, let's all pretend to not get the Sitka virus. But actually get it? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, know. okay. Let's see. Uh, go ahead, Warren. Since uh, today is the 37th anniversary of homebrew getting legalized uh, federally um even though the act was actually signed in the middle of october apparently it took three and a half months for jimmy carter to finish signing his name or something i don't know why it took that long well, but you know a lot of things have an effective date you know posted out there you know for oh yeah re- recording a thing why don't you, know? you slow down a little bit i mean it was the 70s so yeah you know they, didn't have computers in. they were busy <laughs> um anyway today is the date that it's actually recognized i guess Okay. Um, so, I pose the question, if one of the brewcasters was president, what would they legalize? Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. It was my first time. <laughs> hey, look, man, I think you did great. You, you, you strung words together in I a did. semi-coherent sentence. I yeah. think I spelt them all right. And, uh, and that's all we can ask for, really. Well, great. Yeah. I thought about just asking, hey, it's my first Twitter game. What should I ask? <laughs> that would have been probably better. <laughs> yeah. That would have that been might, a better one. Uh, well, there's next week. <laughs> yeah, that should it's be. my second Twitter game. That should be the next week's one. There yeah. you go. See, folks, you get a jump start right. on what we're going to ask there for the day. All right, whatever. Okay. Can we take a break now, Warren? Um, Are you probably. grandstanding? Do, right. do you have anything more things that you forgot? I don't. All right. This is Session, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the buzz, the forum, the learning center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. 
Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold. 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour, stay for the food, and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brandon Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing Beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larkspur, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. Ken Grossman of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company says making great beer is hard. Making the same great beer every day is harder. Brewers Publications announces its latest release for breweries of any type and size. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers by Mary Pelletieri. Proper quality management for small, regional, and national breweries is critical. Whether you are an established business or brand new, learn the best ways to create and manage a quality system in your brewery. This book will guide you in developing a comprehensive program that will grow with your brewery, help ensure quality processes in the brewery, and continue providing great beer for your fans. Quality management for breweries is critical for continued success. This guidebook teaches you to integrate quality management in every level of the operation. It will guide you in developing a comprehensive program to ensure quality processes in your brewery. Quality management, an essential guide for brewers, now available from Brewers Publications. Learn more at BrewersPublications.com. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is... Brewcasters are back. It is 401 beer. Whatever. All right, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, let's get to the good stuff, man, because I'm uh, I'm excited to have Marshall here. Uh, Marshall from Brew Philosophy, uh, Brewlosophy dot com, right? Dot com, yes. Yeah, and it's B R U. Yeah, don't put the U yeah. on. Yeah. Don't put the U. <laughs> That'd be kind of amazing if you could, though. I'd have a hard time doing it. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, alt zero six four zero two two zero zero two two zero. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or if on your if you're on a Mac, it's uh, Control K. 
Of course. Why not? No, no, that's the degree sign. Anyways. (laughs) Somewhere you'll get it. Yeah, you'll figure it out. You probably type that a lot. Google it all the time. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So what's your homebrewing experience, man? I want to get in the background of why the hell you're you're so interested in in what everybody else does in their mash tun. (laughs) I'm not interested in what they're doing. (laughs) Uh, So I started, I think the first batch, I've been trying to kind of nail it down. The first batch I brewed was January of 2003, I believe, and... Like a lot of people, I uh, picked up a an extract and steeping grain kit, yeah, Irish red ale, and it and it came out okay. So I kept going. Um, uh, I took a, a little bit of a hiatus in between about uh, two thousand, late two thousand three and two thousand nine, just kind of helping guys out. Sure, it's um, common. Yeah, um, grad school stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, you know, I got a house, and and uh, my Ooh. my wonderful wife uh, gave me the third bay. And so I just kind of jumped right into it. Oh, really uh, hard. Garage? Yeah, third day of the garage. Cool. <laughs> yeah, not a piece of water. <laughs> um, hey, I don't know. She might be really wealthy. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, she did have I three garages. Well. This whole day <laughs> yeah. is yours. But, Warren, we live in Fresno. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, but, you know, I started brewing a lot. And okay. um, I think like a lot of people, the, you know, the beer was good and I, and I was having fun doing that. But I wasn't really into competitions or anything that kept me coming back except for the beer. And so uh, just in my attempt to kind of look for something fun to do and to keep me involved in it, I decided to start testing stuff out. And okay. yeah, for no other reason than just to satiate my curiosity. You know, a lot of people think that we're out here to try to prove stuff wrong, and, and that's not the case That's not all. what you're trying to do. No. Yeah. So you just want a, uh, what, some sort of scientific basis for the things that you're, you're actually doing? Where, so you're reading a book. If you want to, uh, well, you know, for example, like what we're going to talk about today, uh, if you want a maltier beer, what do you do, Tasty? If you want a multi-year uh, you beer. tend to mash higher. You mash higher. So if you have a 150 mash and, you know, someone goes, well, try mashing higher to get a little more residual sugar. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you wanted to go. Does that actually work? Uh, yeah. Well, and, and yeah, more, more so what difference does it make was the question okay. that I always wondered. And it was, it was, you know, I started off doing this stuff before I had a website or anything like that. And, um I would share it in different forums and kind of randomly when people would ask about, oh, you know, this is my little experiment I did. And um, just uh, the encouragement of other people out there, I I decided to throw it all in one place so it would be easier to find. And and that's kind of the genesis of Brulosophy, yeah. I'm on your website. You have a ton of information. For only being around for a year and whatever you say, a year and a half? Yeah, ADHD. Wow. That's crazy, dude. Or OCD, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. How many? Um, how many tests have you actually done? I because I don't. I'm not going to count all this shit. That's, I got. <laughs> yeah, I, got I got too much to do. Uh, we've done two pages of tests. <laughs> two pages. <laughs> I okay. could have done that. That's easy enough. <laughs> yeah, way easy. Uh, I think we've actually. I think we're pushing about seventy experiments altogether. Wow. Yeah, we do one a week. We publish one a week. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I've See, got, go ahead. No, I got. I've got four other guys who are on board helping me out with this. We all kind of have a nerdy, you know, allegiance to uh, figuring uh, stuff out. Um, Ray found Malcolm Fraser and uh, Matt Waldron and Greg Foster, all, all the guys who are helping out with this stuff. So we all contribute pretty pretty much equally at this, mm. this point. And you call them the experiments. That was a mistake at the very beginning, and you can't run away from that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like uh, the uh, X capital B M T S, I guess, because it's a, it's different. But yeah, yeah, it's that was I, you know, I thought I was being really clever, and I realized how dorky it was. I did the same thing on uh, on my Disney podcast. Ears up! Oh yeah, I spelled it with a Z. Oh. Awesome, and I instantly regretted it because yeah. it's like, oh, what are you stupid? Yeah. 
So, because I thought, oh, you know, we'll probably get like the teenager kind of, you know, the people who are into podcasts but are still super disease. into Disney. Or yeah, spelling disease. I'm like, you know, it's a it's a thing. We're fresh and new, and then like, like now, boys to men. No, but exactly like <laughs> yeah. boys to men, uh, although wider. And um, <laughs> I was not now. It's like I just it's a five minute explanation on every show, and I just feel like an oh. idiot, and then I get lost in my head overthinking the shit that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you do a lot of cool. So you have like uh, you have experiments. Uh, or experiments. Oh, come on. Is this how you justified the homebrewing hobby to your wife? Yeah. It was like, yeah. Don't, it, yeah it's I'm fine still, if you I, spend money on it. I'm it's for science. Yeah, for science. <laughs> uh, if only she appreciated science, right? Right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty cool. She's. She, I'm very lucky. She's very, very supportive of this stuff. And, um, you know, we, we've worked it out to, to where I can keep doing it. And well, yeah, you have, uh, you have uh, some collaborators now. You have some helpers. Yeah. So you've done stuff like uh, roasted grains, full mash versus capped at Vorloff. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that about? I mean, just uh, rough, you know, the rough. Yeah. Ideas, you know. So, so uh, I believe it was Gordon Strong who wrote about, uh, originally where I read it at least, uh, capping the mash with roasted grains. You've probably heard about this. Tasty? Yeah, top, uh, top mash. You just put the grains on top of the mash. Oh, okay. Yeah. Last 10 minutes. Just, just to get color, not flavor, right? Uh, that's that's the, the premise. Yeah. Well, the, right? th- the theory is to not uh, affect your pH, your mash pH. Oh, okay. Because mm. at, so roasted malts uh, are 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 acidic, and so that roast is going to pull your pH down. And so the idea is to produce a smoother, you know, stout or porter or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, without, but but without adding the without adding the roasted grains at the sixty minute mark, you're going to do it. You're oh. going to produce a smoother. Uh, you're not going to affect the mash pH really. And so, mm-hmm. what I was curious about was whether or not it would have an impact on the final I don't product. Think it would actually. When would it? We'll find out. Uh, that no, we're not going to talk about that one. It didn't. Uh, yeah. Ending. Okay. Yeah. yeah let's. Uh, uh, I, you know. It, um, it didn't. I don't it, remember all these JP. So it didn't matter. That's good. Okay. Yeah. But uh, they appeared the same color. But uh, the, the, actually, color? the capped mash was a little bit lighter. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a different mic, Warren. Sorry, oh. so you got to just approach it a different way. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. A little more to the left. Oh. Um, it, so the capped mash was a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. The uh, mm-hmm. the the full mash, what we called the full mash, mm-hmm. was darker. Sure. Um, not significantly darker, but it was but it was noticeably in a it small glass. Trying to work the colors out of there. Yeah. 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 So yeah. get them all softened up and yeah. But flavor wise, people were were not reliably and you know these are blind tasters. I think we had a panel of eighteen to twenty mm-hmm. on that one. Yeah. And, and so t- tell us how you how you do this because uh, in the second half of the show. We are going to be his panel of tasters, and so he's going to have a triangle test and uh, you know all that kind of good stuff. But uh, how do you do it in the real world? Yeah, so typically I was just doing out here in the bar. Um, what we'll do is uh, whether I'm inviting some people over to my place, mm-hmm. um, you know, we we all do that, or we'll go out to places that are cool with us, um, you know, serving beer mm-hmm. in their bar for this type of data collection, and um, you know, we'll we'll get the participants, which kind of <laughs> go around and ask if people are cool with doing it. Um, we usually try to find folks who are interested in craft beer um, for the most part. Um, usually it's at homebrew club meetings and stuff like that. Um, and, um, yeah, we, we present to them uh, three different colored cups, and we pour beer into those cups and ask them. Uh, two are the same, one's different, uh, and we ask them to select the one that's, that's unique, the different one. Okay. And from there, uh, uh, all we do is we take the data and we, we based on – how many are expected to be correct in order to be significant? And we run the data and we do a comparison based on that. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. If you if you can pick the one that's different, then you qualify if for, you the, pick, for your your results qualify to be considered, or even if you don't. Well, if you well, it's yeah. Data. So you can't find the ones different. 
If you if you can find the one that's different, um, you'll you'll be pushed on to do a comparative evaluation. Okay, yeah, fine. but it's very mm-hmm. brief. It's a, it's a very brief. No. Yeah. Um, we review your tax information and exactly. security number and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need that. Yeah. Um, and then, but unless the results imply significance, from a statistical perspective, we can say that even those who were right selected correctly by chance. Right. That's that's the idea behind probability values. And okay. Unless yeah. they can describe the specific off flavor or or I difference. Mean, yeah. You don't count it. They, they, we don't give them that option. <laughs> but, but well, I mean, how do you de- how do you based on their verbal evaluation? How do you decide whether or not it's not verbal? It's on a. It's we have them do it on uh, digitally. Um, so so they don't. So they give an evalu- They give a very brief evaluation. The idea is, uh, you know, ninety nine percent of what we focus on is the triangle test. Okay. Um, uh, which is a, just a sensory discrimination. You you know, mm-hmm. again, two are the same, one's different. If you can, if you can't pick out the one that's different, then arguably. You're what you're out you of think? The game. Yeah, you're right. out of the game. Right. We, we still have you go and complete it just so you sure, feel like you don't. Think that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah no, no hurt feelings. Right. No, we're all winners. Yes, I think that was a change after Doctor Homer actually. Oh, really? Because <laughs> <laughs> the people who got it wrong were like, "That was quick." Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, we have everybody do the same thing. It's just slightly tweaked. Um, but but even for those, it doesn't it doesn't matter uh, statistically if somebody gets it right and they're and they're capable of describing and pointing out exactly what the variable was. Despite being blind, uh, if 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 an, if if a, le, if a if a the amount of people that were able to get it right is not does not reach the level of significance, then it does it sort of doesn't matter from a numbers perspective. Yeah. Okay. Did you see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were saying that even if it if it, there is a statistical uh, proof that it does matter, you then can discredit some people who picked it correctly based just on luck. Oh no 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 no. We if 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 it's if st- if we get a statistical su- st- a statistically significant result mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. then you know again statistically we can assume that the folks who got it right. I mean there's going to be some false positives of course. But, okay, sure. But you can still and Those are like chances or just people guessing on luck. False yeah, positive? Yeah, or? you got okay. a 33% right. chance of guessing the right one. Okay. With right. three. Yeah. Um, but, if you, but if it's statistically significant, then there's a good chance that the p- folks who got it right were capable of picking it out. And it's interesting to observe when people do these on the ones that are really identifiable mm-hmm. because it's very quick. And it's almost always by aroma alone. Okay. And this is something I've talked with the other guys about. And, and they'll say, yeah, you can tell on the ones that are very different. They, they smell them and almost immediately go to their phone and then have to go back and taste again because they forgot to taste. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. you, it's just almost like uh, uh, you're just uh, people watching or maybe some sort of like psychological experiment maybe where you just you just see it and you instantly go, that's it. That, that's my yeah I, love, yeah. I love that part of it. That's pretty neat. I like yeah. that. Yeah. You're doing a lot of cool shit over here. Uh, Thanks, man. It's the Great Pumpkin Experiment. Part one, does pumpkin make a difference? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a good, good. one. Yeah. Uh, wart aeration, uh, nothing versus pure oxygen. Uh, dry hop quantity, a little versus a lot. Um, all sorts of fun stuff, Was man. the pumpkin one, did you spice mm-hmm. two beers, but one had pumpkin and spice, and the other one just had spices? Exactly. So uh, Malcolm, who lives out in Pittsburgh, he's one of the contributors for Brewlosophy. Um, he he has a very uh, a very popular uh, pumpkin beer that he makes, and I believe it's won a few awards and whatnot. And he's I believe the story goes he's always added pumpkin to it. Um, but on so for this particular batch, he he brewed the same exact beer, and when one of them got pumpkin and the other mm-hmm. one didn't, and yeah, I again I don't remember all of the results, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it wasn't people didn't notice a difference. 
Yeah. I would I would, that uh, was, that I would tend to agree guess. with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just don't yeah. drink pumpkin beer, so I have well, no idea. Well, squash character is pretty light. I mean, yeah. It's a pretty light flavor. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you can replicate it with crystal malt. Because essentially that's, you know, that's kind of the roasted sugars, right? Oh, the he didn't roast sugars. it. It wasn't roasted. Oh, okay. That's for next year, JP. Okay. Don't give it away. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We got a whole series of shit. I'm so stupid. Just an idiot. Uh, remind me, though, I think I picked out the, 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 the different beer. I was a successful person on Dr. Homebrew. Doing the pumpkin one? Do, no, not pumpkin. I forget what oh. we talked about. On it was Dr. fermentation Harvard. temperature. It was okay. The, it was, so, and, and Warren, you were there as well. I remember that. Uh, it, and, yeah, I and, don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being there. That's all I remember. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So I don't remember you being there. That was, that was the very first fermentation temperature experiment that we did. And um, I, I, I got a lot of shit for it because I used a hybrid strain. Um, my thinking originally <laughs> oh, was, right. yeah. So I use WLP029, which is the coal mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Okay. One of my favorite strains. Personally, I think it makes a perfectly good lager beer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know people get up in arms about that. but um, So for that one, I thought, well, if it's a Kolsch, Kolsch is known for being slightly fruity. If I ferment one of them warm and one cool, we should experience less fruit in one and, and, or less fruity esters in one. And, that would be the, yeah. Right? That would be the logic. Yeah. And that one was very, that one, that one was not significant. Um, and, but I do believe you got it right. That's right. That's all I needed. That's, wow. all, that's yeah, all I yeah. wanted. That's well, all I, so so basically, it was significant. Very yeah. small difference. Only great palate could have picked that's that right. up. That's <laughs> right. JP, yeah. the super taster. That's right. <laughs> also, anyone, one in three chance of getting it right. Well, look, Warren, you know what? But a great palate. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. Don't blow yeah. my candle out to make yours burn brighter, okay? You probably got it wrong, so don't worry I probably about it. did. Warren, you got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because you used a cold strain. That's well, right. That's, and it was a Schwartz beer. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. Jesus. Yeah, it covered up all yeah, the differences. I, I was up in arms. You know what, Marshall? <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. Later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, to, so uh, you know, from from your, your entire site, I, I wanted to talk about a couple of things, which apparently ended up being the most popular things that you guys have uh, of, uh, linked back to. Uh, mash temp and fermentation temp. Yeah. Because I want to know if it matters. And I think that those two things are probably the most focused on and honestly the most stressed on part of your brew day your mash temp oh my god i didn't hit 154 my whole batch is ruined and you mm-hmm. you rage quit <laughs> you know what i mean there, there are there are very expensive and or intricate pieces of equipment produced for home brewers designed to specifically regulate mash temp within 0.2 degrees fahrenheit yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah and so that that again that that really spiked my curiosity about that one it, so, is, is all this work really even worth it right so how do you approach something like that what what's your what so let's say you and the guys get together and you go you know what i want to do is figure out does that two degree differential actually matter yeah okay so um re- usually what what we'll do is we'll say okay and rather than doing two degrees let's really test the extremes on this one okay um for some things there are those things that i think uh keeping a more uh uh, kind of like real world perspective, mm-hmm. um, but but on this one, uh, you, we have to be able to brew simultaneously, or or consecutively, like right batch one after the other. Because I don't want to me uh, extraneous variables can be introduced with time, and so if I make mm-hmm. one batch and then I wait two hours or overnight and I make another batch, that's kind of concerning to me because who knows what happened to that batch that's been sitting there or if you pitched it early or whatever. I like to pitch at the same time and let them go. And so for, for uh, like a mash temp experiment, um, I'll design a beer. And then I, in Beersmith, I'm a big fan of Beersmith. Oh, yeah. We love Beersmith. Yeah, I love Beersmith. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just copy and paste it. And I have two. And I just change the mash temp and follow what it tells me to do. And um, so I, I believe one of them was 148. Uh, 147 to 161. So, yeah. So, I, so 147, 161. 
mashed them side by side. I separated them by 20 minutes so that I wasn't forced to do too much at the same time. Yeah. Um, so 20-minute differential and then uh, chill them down to the same temp, let them sit next to each other in the same chamber. So, and, yeah. so you try to control as many of the, 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 the variables, anything that could throw off your experiment as yeah. possible. But realistically, you're not, you're not in a laboratory. So did someone, You're in a garage in Fresno. Well, did yeah. someone pick out that one beer was 20 minutes older? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this beer is telling me that you didn't, uh, yeah. uh, whatever. So, I, know you, I know you got there. What was the green bill? Yeah, what kind of beer did you make? Uh, if you, there's a link right in front of you. Oh. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! I think it's on here. Whoa, I mean, the whole show. You're making the host hey, do the work. Yeah, well, I, it's on here. He took my paper from. It's a Blondale. So it was the, actually oh, so it was not many specialty malts at all. No, uh, <laughs> I was hoping you would know, Marshall. All right, <laughs> so, yeah, I did know. You took my paper from. So me. probably uh, Pilsner and some Pilsner, some two row. I, uh, I actually I mean, believe uh, it was Pilmo? mostly two row, uh, some C10. Um, it's actually it's a, a pretty popular uh, web. It's a, a pretty popular recipe oh. on the web. Okay. Uh, Centennial Blondale from Beer Muncher on Homebrew Talk. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, and um, really right. common. Good, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna go places. Yeah. yeah, what a guy. Yeah, um, really good beer actually. Uh, simple, great. simple beer. Yeah. All right, so that sounds reasonable. Okay. Yeah, and so yeah. My, the, my reason in choosing, I do a lot of really pale beers that are. That are really simple and not too hoppy for this type of stuff because, um, well, really because we got a lot of complaints about the beers being too hoppy or being too dark or whatever. Okay. Uh, to, to really taste the differences, so uh, you know, I'm uh, kind of appeasing the crowd there, and and uh, I thought I thought it was a good one, and so we, yeah, we mashed at 147, and the other one got mashed at 161 or uh, 161, and everything else was exactly the same foil length. Yeah. Is it e- now, would it be easier to tell any differences on a, a lighter beer? Is, does that also help, or, or what do you think? Or does it matter? I'm sorry. What's the question? What? <laughs> what for me? Well, no, it was I, just it was just to the floor. Yeah, I think so. I okay. think so. I, yeah. would, would it be easier no. to oh, uh, on a lighter beer? Would oh. it be easier to tell apart that difference in mash temp? Or do you think it would be? Uh, no, I'm just it, talking. It, it, I'm just talking any difference, like just any sort of small variable, yeah, like yeah, the things I, you're yeah, doing. To me, it would be the body and the beer. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. I'm, the color wouldn't matter too much here at all because that could get in the way of of maybe what you're what you're you're perceiving, right? Yeah, maybe. But my thing is like if I was if I was going to mash a beer at well 160 something, let's just say like 158 or something like that. I'd be doing that for a reason, right? Tasty well, my, can't go above. He just can't well, do it. I don't know. Well, <laughs> is my, His thermometer's only good at 158. My 158 is not everybody's 158. Right. I mean, that's true about anybody uh, that yeah. right. oh, yeah. commercial or amateur. Um, but if I was going to be mashing high, I'd be doing it for a reason, and I would. my malt bill would also reflect that reason. It'd be more like more dexterous sort of malt bill. I'd have carapils or, or uh, you know, cara something or foam, cara wheat. Uh, if you were mashing high? If I was mashing high, I'm just saying... That, well, I guess I'm not saying anything really other than in the real world, I would actually, you know, use a more, like, go for a more dexterous wart if I was mashing that high. Yeah. And that'd be by formula as well. Yeah. I think, I think for me in the past, I've never, I don't think I've ever mashed a beer higher than about 158. And that was, mm-hmm. I, I, actually, that was, I, I believe, because of a Can You Brew It where they talked about, um, Deschutes being uh, Black Butte being mashed at like 161 or 162, something like that. Really, I was still too scared to go that high. Yeah, right. And um, and for me, uh, if if I want a nice dry, you know, really crisp, whether it's an IPA or a or a Pilsner, I'm going to mash at 148 to 151. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so, or if I'm including a lot of uh, crystal malts or or uh, uh, less fermentable type malts, 
I'll mash lower to kind of compensate for that. That's typically that was my approach. Okay, um, so you're adding body to it without, exactly, not from the fermentation temp. While still drying it out, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, or, or, yeah, exactly. And so I'd mash, I'd mash higher on. I mean, I think the obvious styles for mashing warm are like stout, porter. Um, uh, I use it session beers for instance. We're trying to make a lot of yeah, body yeah. to offset the hop level. Yeah. Okay. And yeast health comes into play here too because uh, at Heretic with uh, Grammary the session we'd fer- or mash at one fifty eight on uh-huh. our system. Yeah. And it would still finish out at ten ten. Mm-hmm. And so if and we used 001 and so it's, it's a really strong, very active yeast. Mm-hmm. And so depending on the yeast strain, like if you use an English strain that might flock out early and everything you it might you i I don't know this for a fact it it would be a good experiment um (laughs) trying this with different yeast strains and seeing if the terminal gravities are different yeah combined amongst like 01 to 02 on the same on the same high mash temperature yeah so combine the variable of yeast selection and and mash temperature i like that that's a good idea yeah um, you can have that for free. It's on the list. Yeah, it's, it's an idea for you. <laughs> what I like about your your link here is you have a bunch of photos. You, you, it's well documented. Yeah, I like and photo books. Yeah, dude, you, for sure. Low, there's a low, low temp, low mash temp, high mash temp. Um, well, I kind of look at you, dude. <laughs> well, I, you know, I was I, I kind of cut my chops in um, actual research stuff in in school, and and uh, to me, it was I always wanted to see proof that that what was written was done, and so yeah. pictures mm-hmm. seem to do that. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense, man. Yeah, I can you always can lie in all this stuff. I could totally. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Could be don't same, trust me. The yeah. same beer, but you just wrote low mash on one and high mash on the other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these people are never going to know. It's actually a mirror image. I wrote it all backwards. And <laughs> uh, look at you, and see even this on a homebrew scale, your beer is clearer than some commercial beer that I've had today. I, I'm a gelatin user, by the way. If you are vegetarian, don't drink the beer today. Yeah. <laughs> if you're vegetarian, get out. Uh, okay, so you I had, jelly. Um, yeah. Well, and you do tests on that too, right? You know, all uh, that's sorts a, of shit. In fact, that's that's one. Uh, John Palmer and I have been talking a little bit uh, recently about some gelatin tests and stuff. And so uh, this weekend, in fact, I'll be brewing a new. Um, I think it'll be. I'm still trying to decide. I think it'll be a gelatin test. Um, and we we recently just published another one about um, the the way you add gelatin to beer. So, uh, for example, can you add, can will gelatin work if you just sprinkle it on dry after the beer has been chilled? Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. No, <laughs> not, it no turns no, no, no. out. Yeah, the beers taste pretty similar. It's actually, good beer Jello though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the beer the last pint's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the beers came out tasting about the same. I, I don't hmm. believe it was significant. But appearance-wise, you know, the one that was uh, rehydrated in a little bit of water mm. came out significantly more bright than the, than the one mm. where it was That's added. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm fascinated by gelatin. I just, yeah? It's a magical. I love clear beer. So, uh, so do I. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, okay. So you have this idea, just in, in a general idea. You approach the guys with it, and you go, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. And you get, you've, uh, solicit their help, or is it kind of you just, you know, it's, it's your deal. Do you just run... One on one, and you pull them in when when they're needed. That, that's basically how it happened. Okay. Um, and I really, I really appreciate people who can critique without being a dick. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's my, not in this room. No, yeah. Nope. Yeah, I can't wait for can't. Warren's critique. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Warren is now the asshole. I got singled out as the dick. You yeah, singled yourself funny. out as the dick. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't remember that. Yeah, it might have been on break. So, um, so basically, uh, I. I the, the website was sort of a haphazard, you know, people were asking for a single place to go and check this stuff out. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, let me give it a shot. I've, I'd never done a blog or anything like that. And so I started it out and um, uh, 
you know, I'd, I'd publish the results and then I'd share them in different forums and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the, a, a few people would comment or they'd private message me, which I always appreciate. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, you know, they'd have a really great critique, but it would be really positive. And maybe if you tried it this way next time. And, and uh, you know, that was how uh, at, at the very start, that was how Greg and Ray got on board is that they were they were very critical of what I was doing. And it was and it, and it worked out well. But in a good way. In a very yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so they of. stroked my ego while telling me what I could do better. Yeah. They're probably supervisors or some sort of managerial role. <laughs> yeah. An insult compliment. Know, sandwich. Yeah. They're actually <laughs> yeah. qualified to do this is what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. You. yeah. Yeah, I actually, yeah, well, and then, um, you know, later on down the line, Malcolm came along and then, and then Matt's the most recent guy that I added. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I get people asking often whether or not they can contribute and, you know, we're not a forum, so it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, you, you don't just like throw me your data and I post it online. We, we try to keep it a little bit more cinched up and tight and I'm kind of addicted to these guys because I really, I, when it comes to data collection, I'm kind of neurotic about it. I want to make sure that nobody's talking, mm. you know, and that everything is collected in a good way. And that, okay. that what, we're, what we're presenting to homebrewers out there is the most valid that shitty garage scientists can produce. Well, that's kind of what we all are anyways as homebrewers. We're mm-hmm. shitty garage scientists. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. We're, we're, but, but yours is, is at least much more controlled and, um, you know, I don't know, uh, repeatable, but it's, uh, uh, there's much, it's much more defined than I think what most people are willing to do, even on their own, to test this kind of stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the probably the most common comment I get when I suggest that people try experimenting on their own is, mm-hmm. I don't want to risk fucking up a batch. I, totally. It, yeah, that sucks, because it's a lot of money, and yeah. that's why you get sponsors to help you out. And, right. Yeah. That's why I don't brew anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm too scared right. to fuck up a batch. That's so. what Pico's for. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. but uh, there's still fermentation thing. I know, um, I know, and... Well, and that, <laughs> that's the problem. What one person tastes is a fucked up batch is what another person tastes is a really good batch. And I, I think for Brewlosophy, I, I, I keep trying to think, how do we get into the realm of testing preference, uh, of actually comparing mm. how preference differs among people, um, which, is, which is probably more in line with what my kind of professional training is uh, in the psychology world, is, is that perception is so subjective. you know. And, and uh, we do have a preference question on our surveys, but... Since you know, since a large portion of what we're testing doesn't come back statistically significant, we don't usually report on the preference <laughs> stuff. Because pe- you know, people are got it wrong. or are like, yeah, I like this beer better. They're the same beer. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they instantly their opinion doesn't doesn't count for anything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, okay. So then, with this test in particular, um, you have your recipe. You got it from uh, from the guy online. You plug it into Beersmith. Um, and you just you just brew it. You just go for it. Yeah, made a t- typical brew day where I did two batches side by side. One was mashed high, one was mashed low. Mm-hmm. Um, fermented them the exact same temperature in the same chamber, and all was well. The um, there were some really interesting observations I made during this brew day for the mash temp uh, experiment. The first one was uh, running off the wort for the high mash temp. I had already collected the wort for the low mash temp. And, I, and I'm kind of like tasty. I tend to mash between, you know, 148 and 152 almost exclusively for every okay. style, yeah. And um, so as I was running off the sweet wort for the high mash temp, um, the foam on the top was just – it was like four inches high. Oh, really? Uh, when I was collecting it, and it never fell, uh, which suggested to me maybe higher protein content. I mean, we have no way of – of testing for that. Well, there are form positive elements. Yeah. Which is a good thing, of course. Yeah. We, but, and derived purely from mash temp, I w- that's the best we've got. Well, yeah. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, uh, 
matter what I mash at, 152, 156, 158, I always bring it up to a, a knockout. I mean, to knockout, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to do the sparge. I bring it up to 165 for 15 minutes to, bring, to loosen all that up. And do you end up with that type of really thick? Yeah, see that? Uh, yeah, you have a picture of it, too. It, this it, is as it was in the kettle before you put, it put the heat on. Is that what I'm looking at? Yeah. we So, I, so I batch sparge, and I batch yeah. sparge on oh. this one. Yeah, okay. with this this actually may have been a no sparge batch because I wanted to keep that as consistent okay. as possible. Yeah. Sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and um, yeah, it looks like you have star sand in there. <laughs> that's what. That's exactly what it looks right. like. Yeah. Yeah, you probably picked up additional protein. Uh, yeah, larger protein, less fat. You know, uh, the oil kind of thing. No sparge batch. No sparge batch. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, Do you notice any difference in the true after the boil? Uh, well, JP, I think there's a picture on there. I, um, <laughs> let's, let's scroll down and find out. Yeah. Uh, no, there is no photo. You <gasps> lied. I don't think there's. I think if you'd have noticed it, you probably. Well, you would have noticed it. You are. You done the second one. That, yeah, I would the, guess there'd be a bigger. Protein break also. Yeah, the more that goes into the kettle, the more you're going to see at the bottom, right? Yeah. yeah. So for both, um, because of the my when I saw the foam, because of the concerns about the the higher protein content, uh, at the, at the uh, conclusion of the boil, when I was racking uh, them into the carboys, I uh, gently stirred each batch so that at least I would distribute whatever trube was in there. We've done we've done two or three, I think two kettle trube experiments now. Um, as well, and so I'm not. I'm, I'm really. I've. Lo- I'm not concerned at all about kettle true making it into my fermenters anymore. Are you not? No, no, no. That's one that, that there. There are very few uh, experiments, and this surprises a lot of people. There are very fru- few of these that have actually convinced me to change my process, and one of them is a kettle true one. Oh, really? Yeah, because that was one I was experimenting with before I started the website, and so I'm not going to report you know the old anecdotal data, but um, with the two experiments that we've done so far, um, I've been pretty. Uh, pleased. I've actually personally enjoyed the clarity and the other aspects of um, the beers that have had higher amounts of kettle trube. Yeah. You said higher amounts of kettle trube. You're talking about and more made it to the fermenter? Yeah, that's right. Intentionally, okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, those are typically associated with like staling agents. Right. But did you get? Did you do like a shelf test on the beer and see if it? Oh no, with and without. Yeah. No, no, that's something I got to do because I we don't as home brewer I don't save my beer very long. It, what about knockout? Did you did you? Since you got less beer out of the one with the more with more true because of the um, well the, climate took yeah actually um, I fill the kegs to the same amount regardless so you have extra anyway uh, yeah exactly okay. yeah I always make a little mm-hmm. bit extra so I'll ferment six and a half six and a half or uh, I'm sorry um, oh. about about five and a half gallons is what I'll ferment okay. And, uh, cold crash and gelatin, I get a really compact. Whether there's a bunch of kettle tube in there or not, I get a really compact cake. Yeah, because uh, one of the things I've always uh, read and I guess regurgitated to people is that you don't want a, a bunch of kettle tube in for, like Tasty said, staling agents, but yeah. also because you don't want it to kind of bury the yeast or some weird thing like that. Where if you shake it up, you know, you pitch and you shake it up, and you're you're turning all that crap up, then you could potentially layer the yeast, and and so it's not doing it and then you're looking at me like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard no and i think i think it might be right now i don't know i didn't know if i was confused about what you were talking about or yeah. <laughs> who knows so what was your process say i mean in order to like validate that it seemed like you'd want to do some of the things you might do like uh uh during the primary or even the secondary ferment uh is like you rouse the fermenter so you're you're uh you know you maybe you would accentuate the, the thing by rousing it but you're in real brewing, you rouse it because maybe your fermentation is lagging a little bit. Yeah. And you would uh, want to do that. Did that come out of the sensory? That sounds like, you know, since you're, you're convinced that uh, something you don't need to do or worry about, it must have been uh, 
no difference in the in the two words. There wasn't no mm-hmm. uh, perceptually, uh, visually, appearance wise. Yeah, the um, on both batches, um, even yeah the even I, I believe the second one I used gelatin on and and gelatin with extra trube. Yeah, came out clearer, mm-hmm. uh, more bright than the than the one without it. Huh. And I, so I, I believe it was John Palmer who I chatted with about this, and he mentioned something about lipids being in the. True, no. and, and that, that and that's it's, well, you need some to get into the into the ferment for yeah for yeah, for some. nutrient yeah exactly yeah. and for the yeast health mm-hmm. but the the idea about shelf stability that's something we have not played with right. whether it's been with hot side aeration which we found to have no significant difference um, and the, you know people are saying well well hot side aeration trube in the fermenter those are things that are going to impact shelf stability which to me is a commercial concern but but there's right. some people right. who like yeah. to save not their so home brew, home brew. Yeah. yeah sure yeah. well if you're you know you're yeah. doing a, a big a big step out or right. a barley wine or something like that that's kind of you know that's kind of important right yeah i would think yeah. so yeah. yeah and so we that's that's something we definitely still have to test out yeah cool and then even if you had more troop in there if, if, if you uh you, you know treat it right and you get good clarity and you don't move it into the package it doesn't matter that's what i would think yeah yeah, yeah. but i don't know uh okay so you, you 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 pulled off the no sparge method yep and you <laughs> transferred and you pitched um what do you What do you do? You, you you package it up. You go and tell how many people did you talk to? Do you think twenty people on this one? Okay, twenty people. So um, for this one, uh, we got twenty people, and based on the statistic that we use, which is a uh, single tailed binomial proportions test, if anyone's interested, could you? Uh, I don't know what that means. Explain the formula for that. No, okay. <laughs> I can't do that. Let me get Justin on the line. Uh, wh- what is it? Uh, <laughs> it's a one tailed binomial proportions test. Okay. And so um, I, I, well, I can tell you about a little bit about p values because I, I wrote some notes down here. But getting into that stuff is kind of boring. No, no, I'm 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 a big fan of the overarching yeah uh, thing, and then I'll pretend to understand it, and then we can move on, <laughs> and it'll be fine. Yeah. So uh, so uh, we had we had twenty people, and based on that sample size, we would need eleven to correctly select the unique beer. So okay. just one mm-hmm. over half. Okay. Um, you know, 33% we would say is random chance, but the way statistics works is you have to get a little bit more to kind of prove that it's not random, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so 11 people would have had to correctly select the, the unique beer for it to imply significance. And on that one, uh, only nine people were actually able to do it, which failed to achieve uh, significance. Okay. So mm-hmm. in your, in your uh, you know, unprofessional garage scientist opinion, mm-hmm. um, the uh, MASH extremes... It's they're not. It's not uh, uh, perceptually significant, I suppose. Right. It, uh, based on <laughs> they qualify this. <laughs> based on yeah, good luck with that. The, yeah, God. The participant panel that we had. Yeah. They were not reliably reliably capable of distinguishing between a beer that was mashed at one sixty one <laughs> and one that was mashed. At 147. And who are these people? Are they just, are they yeah. everybody? Yeah. They're, they're, the, they're, home, they're homeless Fresno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah a, the guy's yeah. sleeping at the end of your driveway. It's free yeah. beer. It's free beer. Oh, yeah. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, usually um, for the most part, uh, when we just wrote an article uh, about we, we where we we compared all of our tasters based on their level of experience, and um, that was mm-hmm. that was probably one of my most. I loved it. It was so fascinating to me. Uh, we parsed out the BJCP people who do these over over the last 32 experiments, I believe it was. Wow. Um, so that said, uh, most of the folks who do this are either recognized or certified BJCP judges or homebrewers. Okay. Um, uh, with with a few straggling, just kind of craft beer junkies, and then I, and then my neighbor 
who's awesome. <laughs> and, and he drinks. I, I got to include a couple just of my Coors Light drink. Any good panel yeah, is neighbor. But I'll tell you what. He's, um, when I went back and looked at his, he's right. Not si- not significantly, but he's actually right. Which is anybody. Just as much as anybody else, yeah. Wow. He's just, the common man. He's <laughs> Yeah. He's the one I drink banquet with on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> now, you didn't prompt them like, uh, you know... Uh, do you perceive more body in, in either one or the other like that? Or I, he was wrong on this one, I think. But I, I don't ever do that. That's one of the things I'm kind of a nut about. Yeah. I won't tell you anything about that. So it's a complete variable. blank. Uh, yep. Yeah. It's single blind don't because I know the variable. But, yeah, yeah. but it's, um, you, you'll be completely blind to the, to the nature of the experiment. So you say online that only four chose the correct sample. Uh, right. Are you on the right one? I think so. No, only yeah. nine. No, I don't think you are. I think you moved uh, over to... No, you said nine tasters, and then they were asked to select the one they believe was mashed water. Oh, I see. Four out of the nine. No, no. You're no. on the wrong experiment. I'm not on the wrong experiment. <laughs> no, it's the results, bro. I know, bro, but it's <laughs> the results of a different experiment. <laughs> exactly. There are results to each experiment. Scroll, oh, they same do. Post. Scroll to the top. <laughs> All the way to the top. That you're on, Who's going to be right? Marshall? Are you on the mashed temp one? No. You, there's... We had, High versus low temperature. Yeah, we had 20 people on that one. Well, yeah. Uh-oh. So here's what it says. No. A total of 20 people participated. True. See, I'm, I, see what I did. This is, this is, I know uh, what you did. I already now figured we're it out. This, this, yeah, this now is we're how confused. it was in high school. This is why I was not good at college, because I knew I was looking for a number, yeah. <laughs> and I scanned for the number and the thing. Then I read a couple words beforehand and go, I instantly am an expert on exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> the first number you find is the answer. Um, so uh, what did you do? Um... We, so <laughs> I think he had twenty people. That's right. We had twenty people. And nine people got it right. And we needed eleven, though. Right. right. At but this point, the nature of the experiment was revealed to the nine tasters, <laughs> and then they were asked to select the one they believe was mash warmer. So this is the part that I told you we don't uh, usually okay. share too much, but okay. people ask for it. And so what we'll say got is, it. interpret this with caution because yeah. their their guess, their accuracy is as good as chance. Okay. Statistically speaking. So, so because it's less than the eleven. That's right. Right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So they could have just randomly chosen that third one out. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so, straight now. So four of them got it right, which is this is actually pretty interesting, right. and this is what we see on a lot of the ones that aren't statistically significant. You've got you got nine that got it right. Four, which is almost half, were capable of selecting the one that that was that was warmer. That was mashed warmer. Okay. And the other five thought the one that was mashed warmer was actually the one that was mashed cooler. Which one? Uh, now you, you talked a little bit about you don't really do this a whole lot, but what do people like most? What, did you did you figure that out? Like, did they prefer the one that was mashed lower to the one that was mashed higher? No, there was that's they that's, couldn't that's, tell the difference. They couldn't tell the difference. They couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, statistically couldn't tell the difference. Here's the cool thing though: wow. you've got you got two beers that start off at 1040 OG. Yeah. One that finishes is at ten zero at ten o five. The other finishes at ten fourteen, so you got four point six percent versus three point four one percent. That's the that's the session beer and, argument. And, and really, yeah. people I, couldn't tell the difference. I'm with telling, almost, I couldn't tell the difference. I'm, I suck, but I couldn't <laughs> tell the difference. Yeah. Wow, I, they, these beers tasted exactly Wait, the same. The one with more body would typically taste not as hoppy. Uh, yeah, just because the body is what you're offsetting, not so much the sweetness. And I, my okay. assumption was it would taste the higher. And I knew which ones were which, and I had people serve them to me side by side, and. To try to, I couldn't get it you Reli- get reliably. It. No, I mean oh. I, it's fifty-fifty chance. Sure. Right. So I was wrong just as much as I was right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what were those numbers again? Ten oh six, ten oh five, ten oh five to ten fourteen. 
and they couldn't tell the difference. I couldn't tell. Uh, if you now, if you told me, hey, dude, I have this. This is beer. One's ten oh five, and one's ten fourteen. If we just talked about it, I would assume that the ten fourteen had more body. Yeah, Miss Sweeter. Yeah, and was mm-hmm. you? It would be. It would be. Of course, I could tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? What are you doing? Well, well continuing, it's not going to be that much sweeter. No, half it's the people who read this shit don't believe yeah. me. Oh, right. I, I don't believe myself sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I really, when, when I tasted these side by side, yeah. and I couldn't, and it was a blonde ale. I mean, you're thinking, like, I'll pick it up. There's Easy. no way you There's, couldn't, right? right? Yeah. So how about if you let it warm up? Could you tell that? I, I let these come to room temperature. Yes. I could not wow. do it reliably. The, you'd think that body, and this was the thing that got me about, you know, when I drink something like an Easy Jack or a daytime, yeah. I, I actually don't. I'm not the first thing that goes through my head isn't oh that body you know it's well, the first thing, especially on that voice yeah, yeah, yeah. that's how I talk to myself okay but the the first thing that goes through my head is this tastes really good it, you know this this yeah. has great flavor and it doesn't remind me of a watery low alcohol beer like Heineken or like a Duvel a, I mean, unless wait, you have sorry. like a regular IPA like ahead of it and I think it does kind of I think so too yeah, yeah. exactly and so on its own yeah. you know, the, the experience is that it just tastes like a really good hoppy ale that's not getting me wasted after I have six pack yeah. You know? okay yeah. Okay, and so I think wow. that's the session. So what? Okay, what? What if? And then we can go on maybe something else. Uh, what if you had made like a bigger beer, like maybe you made an, uh, a ten sixty OG IPA? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, not so different. Uh, similar grain bill, some low crystal, um, just plain base malt. Would there been more perceivable difference? You think? I wonder, and that's that's next on the list for the okay. mash temp. More one gravity would obviously mean mm-hmm. you are basically measuring the result, the result in gravity, right? Um, my, the, it, I, I, in my mind, I pair that with more uh, specialty malts, more crystal malts. Right. Is that you know, if if you combine all of that and start messing with mash temp, is that going to make a difference? I mean, the the, the truth is something it happened. Does. It must, <laughs> right? Something it's please be tell me it does. I know. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, me too. Believe did me. Did you yeah, use yeah. Calio or Not what did I, you? Uh, Ten fifty six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't understand. Neither do I. I this this I'm telling you. It, well, I you need. Uh, I wonder if uh, access to like a gas yeah. chromatograph or something like that would would be able to give you a little bit more data about what's happening in the beer. Maybe, maybe not. It's all sensory. Well, and and you know, I we um, one of the this this came up in the last. I'm just going to bring it up. It. <laughs> this came up in the last couple of episodes. The whole uh, boil length and boil vigor yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. shit. Yeah. And um, you know that that's been again. That's one of the ones that really stuck with me. To me, it's always been. You know, your boil length, you have to boil for 60 or 90 if you're using pills. You have to mash at a specific temperature. You have to ferment well. You have to pitch a lot of yeast. Like, those are the four pillars of making good beer. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the boil length one, I took – the very first one I did was mostly two-row, and we did 30 versus 60-minute boil. Okay. And um, I believe I sent that one off to Denny, and and, and him and and a buddy of his uh, uh, did that experiment, and they they were – that one came back not significant. So, just a couple of months ago, I did um, I did one. You know, the, the comments were you got to use Pilsner malt. You got to compare it with Pilsner malt because that's the that's the big worst SMM. Case, yeah, case. worst right. case scenario. Yeah, they have to drive all that crap off. Right. Right. And so I did a um, I did a ninety minute versus thirty minute boil with a ninety eight percent Pilsner malt grist. Okay. Um, everything else was they were treated exactly the same otherwise, and um, had that one. I know. <laughs> Why not 100%? <laughs> so you're going to have to redo it again. And, and yeah. The yeah, thing is that it's 100%. Marshall's just trying to brew a lot. That's, right. that's all yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't. I, I wish. I think I honestly am trying to get rid of my Caracol stash. <laughs> so uh, I just keep adding mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, 2%. I mean, it was like half a pound and 10-gallon batch. But um, 
And so we had that one, and it came back completely not significant. I mean, I think it was almost smack dab on what chance would be. Hmm. And so um, – That's the case where you could have sent it to the lab to look for and the – And so we did. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, a really a really cool guy uh, you know, contacted me. He works in – I think it was a, a university lab. And he said, hey, I have the ability to run a DMS test on this. And, oh, wow. And actually measure dimethyl sulfide in the beer. And if you can send me a couple samples, I'll, I'll run it for you. And so – I did that. I, I sent them in, in uh, unmarked White Labs vials, so they, you know they, they had numbers on them or whatever. And mm-hmm. so he couldn't be biased in his measuring; he didn't know what it was. And um, it, you guys want to kind yeah. of venture a guess? What do you think? Oh, yeah, ninety minute versus thirty minute boil on a pill. On the sensory, there was no difference. Sensory, there was no difference. I'm going to guess that there was a difference in the ninety, only because there's a. I mean, there's got to be a reason for it. I just, I don't know. That's me. I, I have a theory, but yeah, we'll get to that. I have to smell the, the wort. In 30 <laughs> yeah. minutes, I, if I put my hand over the kettle and let some moisture form, I can smell the yeah. the corn. If it's yeah. not there, I can't smell it. I would say that there was a statistically measurable difference, but not a flavor threshold. Not a All right. Warren, what do you think? I'd I'd go that far too. Okay, with tasting, yeah. So, um, uh, JP, yeah, you guys are all right. There was a difference, um, but not in DMS. It was the difference in color, um, and it was very very slight. I think it, he didn't oh. measure SRM, but side by side, you could tell sure. that the, mm-hmm. the dark. Um, the the ninety minute batch came back with absolutely zero DMS, mm-hmm. and the thirty minute batch came back with zero DMS. <laughs> So how do you, Stati- yeah. Wow. Yeah. So here's well, my argument on that one. Is okay. You have to understand. Yeah. I used you know Vireman uh, Pilsner malt, highly modified. It was yeah. not floor malted. Mm-hmm. And and my you know my theory, and I'm sure it's been proposed by others out there, is that a lot of what a lot of the processes that we've adopted as homebrewers are based on what we learned from people who were brewing hundreds of years ago, and mm. for some reason we've just kind of stuck to it. Like we Charlie stuck- Bazian. Yeah, like Charlie. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Jamil's still got, getting there, too. Right? Still got there. <laughs> and, and, you well, know, no, the, mod- the malls weren't as modified. They, they weren't. Were modified at all. Yeah, and they're so, so yeah, highly modified. Yeah, the shit on this stuff. That's right. See, and, and this is great because I've, I've, I've seen either side of that argument happen uh, online and even in the studio here, where mm-hmm. highly modified malts matter. No, they don't. There is a difference. No, yeah. there's not. You, you're using highly modified malts. You don't have to do so much. You still have to do like uh, step mashes and all that kind of shit. And it just there's there's nobody. People are just saying, well, in my in my experience, but what you're doing is actually going out and and asking other people. Yeah. In a, in, in, in essentially, what is a real world situation? Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the point. Is you know okay. uh, can well to me like I have a personal preference, which is. I'm more I'm more curious whether the masses can taste a difference, mm-hmm. um, but I understand there are folks out there who want to see numbers. They want to see if there's actually a difference. And so we've recently partnered with a cool lab out of Oregon, um, who's going to start oh, running. Wow. Yeah, who's going to start running some um, uh, actually lab tests for us on stuff like this. So you know, for example, um, I, I, we just sent one in. I can't say it because he's he's listening right now, but uh, <laughs> but we just sent one in where we're going to have IBU measured. Uh, okay. Let's put it that way. And okay. and it's on a it's on a, a variable that um, you know you'd expect or or conventionally we've accepted that bitterness um, is impacted by this specific variable. Okay. And, and so to be able to to, to kind of uh, you know company the sensory analysis with Hard data, mm-hmm. I think, is really interesting. Even if they even if they contradict, that makes it even more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to prove anything, you know. I just I just think it's fun to look at. You're insane. That's what I, I yeah, like about that. his experience. He's just 
he keeps a lot of notes, tons of detail, documents it all, and just says, here it is. Yeah. He doesn't claim to be like, there's no oh, yeah. judgment or so anything. So once, right? once I did these with this 20 people, then that's what it's going to be every single time. No. He doesn't make <laughs> no. those statements. Yeah, at when's all. your book coming and, out? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, Marshall's because, like, Guide to Brewing Properly. That's not going <laughs> to I'd be willing to say that my two cents, which is worth less than two cents, but is that some of these things are kind of redundancies mm-hmm. built in because hmm. the malt's going to change. There could be more precursors depending on the sack of malt that you're using for, for DMS. Mm-hmm. And then the time, you it's better to err on the long side yeah. because you'll drive off if there's a, an extra amount. And yeah. also everyone's boil vigor is going to be different too. Like some people be like, okay, I can, like, I can see little tiny bubbles rolling, so that's going to be my boil versus someone that's really just right. going to chug and just be super active. And that's going to drive off things faster or slower. And so it's better or, to yeah. just tell people, just boil for 90 minutes and Which you'll is, get DMS free beer. Yeah. Okay. And, it, and it's to me, I, 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 it, like in my mind, I think of it as the just in case factor right. or the insurance factor. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's really, I still, for the most part, I still boil for 60 minutes. But I'll admit that's partially because the variables I'm testing usually kind of require that. And it gives me a little bit more time to do shit. Um, I've done a few experiments where I've where on both batches I've reduced it to thirty minute boils with Pilsner malt and and two row grist and yeah yeah I can't tell a difference. Mm-hmm. I and can't tell a difference. Then there's also like some situations where I want to have the uh, I want to do a sixty minute boil so I can have a sixty minute hop exactly and drive all that yeah. aroma. I, mean, I want it to be like a neutral hop, exactly. like drive all that out. Yeah, uh, yeah, over sixty minutes. So I wouldn't be able to do that with thirty. Yeah. Also the caramelization, the coloring, the color change. Yeah. Uh, maybe I want that, or maybe there's some. Mm-hmm. Melanoians are going to be farming over 60. Mm-hmm. So it's the kind of thing, it's just good to know that you can do it if you need to. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and even people say that the rate of cooling uh, affects DMS because you're, mm-hmm. some people say that you'll never drive off all the precursors, the SMS or whatever. SMM. SMM, yeah. Um, you'll never drive all of that off. You and know. so <laughs> you need to cool it quickly yeah. because the heat's going to continuously be converting that. I think on a commercial scale, that's a huge issue. And right, exactly. I have it to believe. It's warmer, longer. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I mean, on the homebrew scale, I, there are people who are – and we've done a no-chill experiment. We've done a couple um, uh, focused on no-chill. I've had no-chill beers where somebody has served one to me, and it, it's a great example of a pale ale that I'm not picking anything up on. And they let this thing chill in a cube over 24 hours in their garage you know and i would it, never do that i would, I would th- think that'd be the worst thing you could ever do but y- there are it is a if if i publish a no chill article <laughs> it blows up because, because I, I don't know if people are just afraid to talk about the fact they're doing it but they're making great beer doing it yeah, it's the same yeah. with you know what 10 years ago or five years ago brewing a bag if you did that boy you know you were mm-hmm. but there people are winning nhc with brewing a bag beers now and it's, I, I just think there's something different on the homebrew scale than there is on the commercial scale. Well, you, and, yeah. yeah. One question I'll pose to all those you have to chill fast believers. What about all the Belgian beers that are cooled in cool ships yeah, right. that are done primarily with Pilsner malt? There should be a ton of DMS in that, and they're just set, letting it sit. Well, those, those beers are getting infected, right? <laughs> Purposefully. Well, but, so but, do, yeah. do the well, bugs, the, break the down bugs the love DMS? DMS is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. They'll eat it. <laughs> Question Wrong. answered. Yeah, <laughs> you might have to add some DMS. Uh, but I, yeah, I was, uh, let's take a break, Marshall, because we've been talking for a lot longer than I mm-hmm. anticipated. I apologize. It's fascinating. I'm I'm really really interested. Uh, when we come back, we want to talk about some fermentation stuff that you've done, and then we'll do the uh, a couple triangle tests. Sounds awesome. What do you think, right? Uh, man, good. St- do you ever get tired of testing shit? 
Uh, you know what I get like, tired of is, yeah. is not being the tested one. I want to fucking test. I want to be tested. <laughs> I want to try that out. <laughs> uh, well, maybe someday someone will take pity on you. It's the session. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. In my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today williams brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies since 1979 williams brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients backed by the best customer service in the business do you like to mash using efficient fly sparging but would like an easy way to heat your strike and sparge water enter the new brewer's edge electric mash water heater a plug-in anywhere precisely controlled heater for strike and sparge water. Ditch the fumes and second burner and make mashing easy. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy the Williams way. 
Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20 gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your Brew Easy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman kettle cart. The Brew Easy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your Brew Easy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new Brew Easy all grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new Brew Easy. We're about to taste some beer in here, man. But uh, first, we're going to talk more experiments. And this one's going to be about fermentation, which I'm pretty excited about. I feel like I say that a lot. I need does fermentation matter? Does, ferment, does it really matter? Do, do we have sweet to do wort? it? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's the thing. You just take the sweet wort. Tasty does this. Take the sweet wort <laughs> and then pour <laughs> some nitrate in it. And, <laughs> and there you go. And that's fine. That's a, that's a, that's a triple IPA, bang, bang. right? Beer. That brew is ready the next day. <laughs> the very next day. Yeah. Uh, all right, Marshall. Let's talk. Uh, oh, Marshall's uh, talking in bed right that's now. That's good. I got you. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, okay, so fermentation. So not only do you do mash stuff and boil shit and all that kind of other fun stuff, uh, but you did a few rounds with fermentation. Now, this is the one that you brought on Dr. Homebrew. Yes. Um, what did you do? Here, I'll give you a paper back because I'm stealing your paper all the time. <laughs> I need <laughs> notes, yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you a question with holding all your information. Yeah, do you yeah. do a lot of uh, on fermentation or does it, I mean, does it, do you just kind of throw, you know, have a bunch of ideas and you throw a dart at it and you go, I'll just do that one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, 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 the group of us who are doing these things together kind of shoot the shit about them before we settle on an experiment and, okay. and help each other design the experiment. And, and uh, you know, there are often times where we, you know, we, I might have one idea in there and they'll say, well, you know, if I think if you do this or if you make this little tweak, it'll make it more valid. And so um, that's that's one of the good things about having a group of guys. So yeah, fermentation sure. temperature, which is a, a highly debated topic, I think it's it's very focused on. Well, not debated. It's but, focused on. Right, it's sure, focused yeah. on. Yeah, because you know people uh, like again, if someone came to me and said I had a beer that was fermented at seventy seven degrees, I would say it's probably going to be super fruity, estery, and probably not all that great. Yeah, phenolic, jet fuel, whatever, yeah. all that shit. Yeah, and, so, and I and I completely buy that. And and um, again. Like Warren was saying earlier, I do think 
regardless of what the results of the stuff we're going to talk about today are, I think fermentation temperature is one of those things that if you control it, you are assuring yourself that at least that's not going to be a component of your shitty beer. <laughs> so you can, you, can like, yeah. you can cut that out okay. of the issue. And so, um, But we've done – fermentation temperature is my hands-down favorite thing to play with because um, – I, I just – it's something I found so interesting after the Dr. Homebrew show, which was our first one. We did a, um, <clears throat> a Schwartz beer fermented with WLP029 at 58 compared to 72. Wow. Um, and it came back non-significant. Um, sample size, 23 people. So, you know, there are going to be people who say that's not enough, but – yeah, to me, twenty-three homebrewers is kind of you know twenty-three. Excuse me, twenty-three homebrewers, and there was not enough a significant amount of them to to say for sure that that made a difference. That's right. Uh, yeah, we see. I'm learning. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting smart right now. Yeah, it's it's all about wording. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so by no means, we'll ask thing. you again in five minutes if you remember. <laughs> I won't remember. Said. Yeah. So the requ- the required correct was twelve, and nine people got it correct. Uh, nine out of twenty-three. You know, it's not it's not very far off from no. exactly a third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, again, the arguments against that one were that it was a Schwartz beer, which is slightly roasty, and that it was fermented with a very uh, a notably clean hybrid strain, which is WLP O two nine. And it's true. It's a it's a very clean. People will not. You know, you can't call well, a, a pilsner made with it's O2-9. a hybrid yeast. It's it's made so that it does well. At warm temperatures, right? It's yeah. not made where it, it doesn't do well at cold it, temperatures. It so it's the like, gap. It seems to be a, a yeast that would be ideal for minimizing the variance in fermentation temperature. Whereas if you use like a, well, like for instance, maybe extreme would be like a Belgian yeast uh-huh. that's very sensitive to temperature. You'll throw out bananas at one end and clove at the other, then that would be, I think, that'd be more you know noticeable. But maybe something in between, like just you know California ale yeast. Well. Uh, what we did uh, after following the mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the complaints of the the many who voiced the concern about <laughs> <Me>. that one, <laughs> yeah. which I totally I loved it. You know, no, feed uh, me because I'll, I'll do it. I don't care. Yeah, um, we decided the the two most common um, uh, uh, requests were do it with an English strain because those are known for producing. You know, British mm-hmm. esters or do it with a Belgian strain. Yeah. And so I put out a survey and I surveyed, I think it was like 1,200 people responded to the survey. Okay. And the the one that just barely nudged out was 002, Fuller, the Fuller strain. Hmm. Okay. So 1968 from my East, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I did is I made a mild. I'm thinking, you know, the, the, the lower the OG, the more character you're going to be able to experience. There's people who are going to say that the higher the OG, the stronger the character will be. We'll get to that later. But, um, uh, and so we did that one. I compared 66 versus 76. Um, Which are those? Oh, that, that's the temperature. Sorry. I thought you were giving numbers. <laughs> those are the it's degrees. Like, it's like, okay. Those are the yeah. yeah. people tested. All right. And that's Fahrenheit. So that's something like... Celsius would be – it's probably – I don't even know. Don't even worry yeah, about it. Okay. Celsius doesn't okay. even exist. Less than that. It doesn't even really <laughs> yeah. exist, to be Come honest. Come to our side. Yeah. yeah. So um, the sample size on that one was 22, so about the same as the first one. Um, the required correct was 11, and the actual correct on that one with 002 was actually 12. So it was statistically significant with a p-value of 0.017. As I said on Dr. Homebrew, if yeah. you used the right yeast, <laughs> you would have gotten a oh, good result. All of a sudden, Warren remembers. Selective memory. I love how that happens. When it's too. wrong, he didn't even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, He's, what? I don't remember that. I remember being there. Yeah, so like <laughs> yeah. Hindsight. He's learning. Um, hindsight. That's a low blow, Tasty. Oh, yeah. Really no sight. Yeah. Thanks, Beth. <laughs> Thank you, Beth. Thank you did you a Beth. great job yeah. on this. <laughs> you are doing a great job. <laughs> I got one of each color. Beer. Whoa. So, beer in two cups is real challenging. 
<laughs> Barely it is. Welcome to my yeah, life. Yeah. Drop. Yeah. And you got us each a different <laughs> color. That's my doing, by the way. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so uh, the, the final one, uh, the, the last experiment uh, that we did on fermentation temperature, I kind of hit these ones out all in a row because I was so fascinated by the, by the uh, results. Okay. Um, is I made a Bohemian Pilsner using WLP 800. Uh, the idea being Pilsner is known for you have to ferment it cool. Um, and so I compared 50 degrees, which is a pretty commonly accepted, you know, uh, fermentation temperature for, for traditional lager. Sure. Strains. That's right there. Yep. Right there. I fermented it, uh, compared that to a 66 degree fermentation with 800, which is the Bohemian lager yeast. Okay. That's way or, too warm, right? That's way too 66? warm. 66? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be put some, uh, a fruity, yeah. yeah. Fruitier, right? Tasty? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, uh, we so we collected data on this one at NHC last year, NHC 2015. Oh, I'm sure year. everyone was nerding out <laughs> over that. Oh, they were they were just nerding. In out. my opinion, this is gonna be this is gonna this is. Uh, <laughs> I can't even do drunk nerd. I just get diacetyl. <laughs> Di- diacetyl. It's pronounced diacetyl, and it, <laughs> yeah. I mean the entomology is thus the following: it was first used by Pliny the Elder in appropriately 1945. Anyways, yeah. In order to achieve <laughs> significant, I'm just gonna move on. Yeah. The sample size of 39 people. Ooh, uh, okay. Wow. We, we had to get, um, and we've got some guys now who a are a lot of homeless in the area. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, this was NHC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, San Diego, yeah. Pretty much same. Pretty Everyone, yeah. Everyone just looked homeless. Homebrewers right. looking for free beer. Yeah, yeah free beer. <laughs> so um, the required correct would be 18. Okay. Uh, which is All actually right. less than half, less than 50%, which I think is pretty cool. And uh, as you get higher, sometimes in these uh, uh, the statistics, as you get higher, you require actually a lower amount. Huh. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways, huh. I can go on. <laughs> Math. No, you don't have yeah. to. It's yeah. fine. I know. I know. I realize that. So um, the actual correct, you needed. we required 18. The actual correct was 13. Okay. So 13 people out of 39 uh, were capable of selecting the beer that was fermented cool. Out of the out of the beers that were fermented warm, which means wow. well over half selected a warm beer as the one that was fermented cool or the one that was different. Wow! So they were wrong on it. Um, yeah, the p value on that one was the highest of all of them. So um, that one got me because I love lager beer. And if you want to so, grab uh, Taylor some headphones, please. people were able to guess which one was different, but not which one was warmer. Pe- no, people were not able to select the one that was different. Oh, okay, statistically, statistically, yeah, very far from actually thirteen out of thirty nine. Almost exactly one third. So it's like wow. random chance, yeah. Well, it is exactly one third. <laughs> <laughs> so I do math, and and so the 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 hesitation for me is is just to be like, uh, well, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't to me. That means that fermentation temperature within reason, because of course these are strain dependent. I think, I, like Tasty was saying, a Belgian mm, yeast sure. would probably throw a little bit more than than you know than the eight hundred yeah. whatever used. But I, I won't. I wouldn't worry about it so much. I. And is that the ultimate goal, or is it just you're just delivering information? Everyone That's can it. interpret it however they want. Yeah. yeah, it's oh, this drives my wife crazy. I have no response. Yeah, it's, how do you? How just, do you? Here's the data. Do what you want with it. And you know, how do you not make that conclusion? How do you not conclusively say like this is this is the way to do it? You guys, it doesn't it doesn't actually matter because it's still <laughs> 39 people out of 6.2 billion. 
But it's 39 yeah. of the best palettes on earth, Warren. Oh, yeah, it's the NHC. random people <laughs> and NHC? <laughs> All right, you're, you got me there. No, if, if, I don't if, remember you asking me. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've pointed <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. But if, if Malcolm calls in, as he says he's going to, okay. he'll, it, one of the things that I, as I edit these articles, um, one of the things that I'll do is I'll take out personal opinion. You know, I don't, I don't. Um, I, I come from kind of a, a, a you know, unbi- we're all biased, but you want to write in such a way that it doesn't look like your bias is coming through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we can go and we can try to teach and we can try to tell people, but there's a million blogs out there that do that. Um, my whole thing is here's the data. Make of it what you will. You know, do what you want with this data. We're we're presenting to you a, a P level of .05, which is... Uh, commonly accepted as in the sensory analysis world is kind of the the, the, the standard. Mm-hmm. But if you want to look at point one zero, then go for it. That's fine. We're not going to share that with you, but you can plug it in. And you can, and you know you, we're we're going to share with you the p value. We might not say that it's significant at that level, but if you want to, go ahead. You know that's up to you. I don't want to. My goal isn't to change your mind. My goal isn't to make you brew any different. It's to kind of spark your interest and spark thinking. That, that's the fun thing about brewing to me is that there's so much interesting stuff that's happening uh, right now in the brewing world for homebrews in particular. Name five. So the I'm, five. I'm just kidding. Warren. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying the size of the P is significant. Yeah. That's the what, I get, from, that's what yeah. I get from what you're saying. Yeah. In well, other words. What you do with it, too. Yeah. In other words, we want the P. That's <laughs> right. That's that's it's how you thing. use oh, your sorry, pee, Warren. Yeah, good. Okay. So, uh, fuck! I just lo- there's so many uh, competing thoughts right now. Uh, one Those are really variables. One is that it smells like pizza in here. It does smell like pizza in here. So, Tasty, would you do anything different now? Like, are you going to be super uh, focused on your fermentation with uh, you know similar <laughs> yeast and similar things? Are you going to change the way that you brew? I got to ferment it something, so I might as well just pick a theory. <laughs> it's true, right? yeah. Uh, the theory that it doesn't matter is it's a pretty good theory, but it's just easy. To, it's just easy to use the one where it does matter. It's so a theory. I'm gonna go with that one. It's one theory. Yeah. I like it. I mean, I, I, I can I can imagine where people aren't going to be, uh, you know, radically uh, brewing differently. Uh, but for me, it would relieve some anxiety if your tip well, controller goes down for two hours or something like that. Oh yeah, I'm going to be less uh, preachy about. Uh, <laughs> but then you wouldn't so be what? tasty. You fermented it longer at 66? Yeah. You idiot. Well, Let well, me well ask wait, you. I've got this data to back it well, here's, up. Here's, here's, one I want you to, here's what I want you to try. Another, I've probably done it. <laughs> and I, 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 I do preach this. Is yeah. that, like, uh, I, I understand you've got your apartment there and you don't have any way to do temperature control. <laughs> but wow. more importantly, if you could keep it constant. Now, have you tried, right. like, yeah. up and downs, like what I would call stressing the yeast? Have you tried that? Okay, so I've got so th- this is one I've been planning on doing very – I've got a, a good friend, Dan, who has been encouraging me to do a, a temp fluctuation experiment mm-hmm. because his, you know, his, his argument, and it's a good argument, is that when you stress the yeast, like Tasty's saying, they're going to produce different chemicals, and that, that's what's going to ultimately impact the flavor. If you're okay. treating your teas, your, your teeth, if you're treating your yeast well... Or your pee. Or your pee, your little pee. Um, don't stress the pee. Don't, never stress the pee, girl. Everyone's pee is different. I want that to be a t-shirt. Don't stress don't the stress pee, girl. I will make that t-shirt. Brewlosophy.com. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to have the umlaut in the back. It has to. Yeah. So, um, but he, so he's been encouraging me to do that. My question to him was... How do you propose I design that experiment? Because it seems to be testing an extreme that's not real. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I so for example the um, 
But just wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the extreme is real. Tasty panic for a second. For, for, the first, for the first experiment that I brought in Dr. Homebrew with the Schwartz mm-hmm. beer and the 029, um, my, my attempt was to mimic you know, the first-time homebrewer versus somebody who has a chamber. And so I just threw it in a... a fermentation a, chamber. I, I, so, I, okay. so the cool Temperature one, control. Temperature yeah. controlled chamber. Okay. There's a freezer with a thing on it. Right. Um, I, I threw, that, I threw the, the 50 degree in that, and I threw the other one in a shower in my house. Okay. In my house, you know, the heater's just set to 67 or whatever it is. And, and so you'd expect it to fluctuate, and it did. It went from, it went from 65 up to 72, but it doesn't... That mass of liquid. One time or up and down? But it doesn't go up and down. That's what I'm trying to say is it, realistically it doesn't drop fast enough for, for it to I, I would, to affect the, the actual output of any junk, right? It, it, the junk, yeah. The throwing the junk out. Right. It's, oh, a, junk. it's a gradual change. It's for so the gradual that it catches up with itself. And, and so you're yeah, really looking at like a two-degree change. As okay. A, yeah. Because over 24 hours, I, what I've found in my observations is that you can expect two- to three-degree change if you don't. If you don't fuck with the temperature. And so in, to, in my mind, I'm thinking unless I, I – I would have to in the middle of summer when it's 110 degrees in Fresno, take the thing out of the chamber every 12 hours and set it in a really hot environment to warm up from 50. Mm-hmm. Put it back in 12 hours later and do that, what, three or four times to really stress that yeast out. Or you get like a, a more beer they sell, a firm wrap. <laughs> I don't buy. <laughs> uh, but that would be a, a good way too. Then you, can just, then you can just switch it, yeah. right? Flip it on, right? Well, the I mean, uh, the other way I can do it is I have um, two two separate chambers, and I could just set one. I could program one to to change the temp. Yeah. Oh, okay. But your main point is is well taken. That's not a realistic situation. That's right. Uh, mm. Whose apartment is like is like. 95 during the day and 85 at night. <laughs> or 55 and, at night. Well, yeah. some are. Exactly. 55. Yeah, exactly. And, and even then. Yeah. If you're putting again, it in yeah. a garage. Because of the mass. If, if you keep it in the garage, you're going to experience more fluctuation. But I don't think it's, I don't it, think right. it's more than it like It won't be that drastic. Yeah. There's no exactly. way in hell it will ever be that drastic. Right. I think the liquid temperature could change 5 degrees in a garage. If, you, if, if you're having like 30 degree temperature differentials. What yeah. do we have here? Over, over a 24-hour yes, swing. I think you could get you, yeah. close to five degree difference. But I tell people in a, that if, if they're in that situation, is to put the whole thing in a in a mass of water, like a, right. a tub oh, of sure, water, yeah, right. because that'll help buffer it. ease the okay, right, yeah. right, ease the transition. And if it's hot, I said you know throw some water bottles in there, but you know just to keep the delta down mm-hmm. you know, so it doesn't quite get right. too hot. Yeah. Um, I think it's well, valuable to test it though. To no, test I, that I, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm curious just, too. I'm going to be less preachy about the <laughs> up and down well, the temperatures too. And I'm I'm I don't know if I'm I'm definitely less preachy about temperature control, but I'm not more preachy about don't worry about it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I still I still ferment at very precise temperatures, and I still attach the probe to the side of my carboy. You know, people Some, think something to do, right? It's, <laughs> it makes it feel legit. Yeah, what yeah. Sports, you, can well, knock, you can not care. Yeah. Or you can care. Well, I, th- I think it's also maybe plays to our egos a little bit as homebrewers. Well, we feel like where, we're artists. We, yeah, we, yeah, because we have total control over everything. But yeah. I, I think in reality, it, it we don't have a as much as we actually think we do. It doesn't matter. It's just another metric to keep consistent batch to batch. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. Ensure, to yeah. To ensure repeatability. 100% ensure agree. Repeatability. That, and that's my perspective on it. Is mm-hmm. that, that is, and, and that's another thing that a lot of people will point out is as we start, I want to, I want to knock out single variables first and then we'll start stacking. Mm-hmm. But as we start to stack, you know, to what, to what extent does combining these poor practice variables at what point does it, 
I did a I did a fifteen minute mash, fifteen minute boil, hundred percent Pilsner malt, you know, two year old Amarillo, two year old yeast experiment, and the beer came out totally fine. Fine as in it was good. <laughs> it was good. We drank it all in one day. It was good. I'm surprised it came out as good as it did. And I don't know. Two year old yeast. You, you had it like a two year old smack pack or vial. It was a two. Oh, it was two year old dry yeast. Uh, one one year from the expiration date, and I believe they're one year exp- expiration. Is it something you thought about a year in advance, or you just opened the door? You're like, oh fuck, I got my, all this my, crap. My wife, my wife left without. She was like, hey, I got to go run some errands, and I was like, mm, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna see if I can finish before she gets home. <laughs> yeah, and I did. It was only a two gallon batch, but uh-huh. and it was fine. It was good, actually. Yeah, not just fine. Good. Good. I mean. My standards are low, but yeah, <laughs> that's, cool. that's true. Yeah, I just, <laughs> if we learn anything from these experiments, right? That's the takeaway. I just yeah. find it hard to believe. I don't know why. I don't know why. I, I think because it's hard to change your thinking. I mean, this is—I've been homebrewing since 1998, mm-hmm. and it's just—and I've been teaching people to brew probably since 2000. It's hard to change your—it's hard to change your your perspective on shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't teach. That's why I don't yeah. do the teaching part of it. So, I just present the data and walk away. I'm, I'm also blown away that women vote. To be honest with you, I just I right. can't even imagine. I mean, it's almost been a hundred years, and still, I, I don't I, get I, it. It's it's tough because if you're taught a certain way of superiority, well, you know what's weird is that they're voting right now. I will stab you. They're voting right now somewhere. Like I will literally stab you with a pen and then click it. You know what's weird? Click they're it. voting the right ink, now. The ink injection. What is the point of clicking it? I think it's the P injection. Make it hurt a little more. Oh, no, just, yeah, about an eighth of a millimeter. <laughs> You'll feel that in your deep okay. tissue. <laughs> uh, well, let, you have an experiment in front of us. Yeah. Well, you have it in front of you. Yeah. You have it in front of us. Linguistically speaking. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> smart people. Next time we're booking a dumb person. In Beth. front of them? Yeah. They have it in front of them, as do I. Uh, what are we doing here? What's the point of this? Let's uh, talk us through this beer drinking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this is a beer that I, I designed uh, specifically for this experiment. And, and when, as you taste these, you'll realize that I've... Well, maybe you'll realize. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> At least a third of us yeah. will realize. Yeah. The average you, and not, not a statistically significant enough. Not me. But um, I, I tend to brew beers that are gonna that I hope will kind of exemplify the issue or the variable that we're testing. Okay. So they're not very exciting. Usually they're kind of boring. Um, but to me, that's that's kind of the point. I want I want I want people to be able to taste it. So mm-hmm. um, I don't. I haven't tasted these since I bottled them. But I do. I don't think they're infected or anything. Um, but that's kind of all I want to tell you until you get done tasting them. Yeah. Uh, so we just need to figure out which is different. That's it. Okay. One's different, two are the same. Yeah. One is different, color. two are the same. So we have three glasses, a blue, a red, and a green. I'm a little disappointed you couldn't find a white one and be a little more patriotic about this world we live in and the country that's the best country in the world. Yeah, yeah. Do I need to play Merle Haggard, you're on the fighting side of me again? I, I will sing it with you. I will just fucking sing do it with you. Don't test me. Yeah. I love playing that song, especially in the bar, especially during an election year. Yeah. I, I, don't just, I don't know. I just feel like people are going, oh, my God, what is that? Yeah. While you guys are tasting, I'll tell you a little bit about the recipe because that, that I'll, I'll tell you now that doesn't, it's not involved in this. Please do. Um, so this is a um, – over on the East Coast lately, some of the, 
some of the more Cl- prominent cloudy IPAs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm 100. percent no, That's where this stemmed from. JP. It's a new style. Uh, They're not just <laughs> yeah. cloudy. We IPAs. call them juicy here. It's called, oh, they call them juicy. There. Zero juicy or milkshake. Yeah. yeah. And so, and you know, there there are the um, great guys out there who are brewing these, Mike Tonsmeyer and Ed Coffee and all those guys. And and uh, the yeast that they are swearing by is I think it's 1018 or 1013. The Y yeast 1013 London uh, Ale three. Oh, um, okay. And so I picked up a I picked up a pack of that to do an extract versus all grain experiment. Extra, okay, all right. And um, made that beer, and we did that experiment, and they were it was people could easily tell the difference between those ones. Um, and and so I had some leftover. I harvested I harvested some extra from a starter, and I made these beers with it. And so this is a British Golden, I think, is what it would go by in the Ooh. new BGCP. Yeah, mm. So it's like gold, and uh, it's one. Uh, this one is one a single hop. Um, real simple. I think it's I think it's ninety nine percent Maris Otter and uh, ten ten thirteen or ten eighteen, whatever that is. Yeah. Okay. And part of the the goal here, of course, is you're not telling us what's different. No. Okay. Which I you know we're not and just just a disclaimer we're not going to use this data in the experiment. So okay. well, why am I doing it? <laughs> you're a tool. That's true. You, well, then I won't give an answer. I, I understand, but why am I doing it? Yeah. Terrible. yeah. Uh, well, Warren, what do you think? Have you gone through all three of them yet? Don't change your mind, though. If you if you guys want to write it down, so you're... Um, well, I'm on my second pass through. Okay. Taylor, you look like you're all done. Taylor, of course, uh, you run the board for uh, Jamil shows, right? And you work at the Hop Grenade. But he's also known yeah, as Porno Steve. <laughs> Porno Steve. That is, that is my alternate Porno title. Steve runs the board for that show. I don't know about who this guy is. That is. <laughs> yeah, I'm someone else. I'm not, I'm not on that side right That's now. Right. That's not me. You can be Porno Steve now. Good, good imitation on the voice, though, though. <laughs> <laughs> Even you. looks similar. Yeah. My next ten feature films are coming out tomorrow. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Have you run run through them all? Can you pick out the different ones? Um, what do they smell like to you? Malty. Yeah? That's about it. All I can get from it. Which is probably the point, right? What are you looking for, Martian Pin? <laughs> Yeah, the test is if there's malt in this beer or not. <laughs> uh, no, there is not. <laughs> there is no malt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this one inspired me to really want to do a, a mo versus two row <laughs> experiment because I get malty hmm. like crazy oh, yeah. in this beer. Yeah, yeah. it's and something is just telling me that the green's different. I don't know. The green is different. That's what I'm That's saying. Porno Steve says. Porno Steve says green. Tasty? What do you think? I, I, I say red. Porno tasty. Red. Porno yeah. <laughs> tasty. Tinder tasty. No. Steve, how how confident are you? Like not, I don't. I don't God, not you are very st- confident. Not very. Okay. You are a scientist. It's not. Yeah. There's a, isn't anything that's like. Oh, I think that this particular thing is different about it. I'm. It's just a feeling that I have. Okay. Cool. Would you say so, you're hooked on a feeling? Gachaka. <laughs> Warren, are you done yet? No, you're not done yet. More to be I, done like an hour. I have a cold, and so I'm trying. To I think you said that on out. Doctor Homebrew as well. I know. I <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go. I'm going to say the blue is different. Okay, JP. I think the blue is different. I get uh, the green smells a little funky, like a little vegetal kind of a deal. Uh, the red smells very similar as well. Uh, the, those two are have a creamier mouth feel. The red and the green. Uh, the blue is a little more crisp. There's a little more bite going on, a little more hop thing happening. Right. Um, and I think it's fermented lower, too. Okay. Oh, you think it's a firm temp experiment? Whoa. Okay. Well, I, no, not, not temp, I just uh, gravity-wise. Oh, like residually. Low. I got you. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. Thank you. Well, see, th- I knew there was a word for it. <laughs> You'd think I would know it by now. I'll go with the blue also. You would copy me. 
I because was, you know I was my gonna, track record. I was going to go with the green, That's but I then did. you said blue, so I said blue. Copy somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we don't. That's why we, we don't let people talk to each other. Usually. Well, no, they would. Yeah, this is uh, fun. Okay. But, so, um, how confident are you, JP? I'm 100 percent confident. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I am. I'm 100 percent confident. I, I honestly think, uh, uh, based on mouthfeel, aroma, and flavor, that the blue is different. Okay. I'm 33 and a third percent. Piece of garbage. Yeah. Well. Look at the poker player over here. I like that. Tasty, you're you're kind of on the. Oh, I'm not very confident at all. In fact, okay. after listening to JP describe them, I, I, I think he's right. I think he's right. It is blue, but I I'm sticking with yeah. red. You know, I said red. So. Yeah, but I'm still gonna. It doesn't matter because they're all the same exact beer, actually. And th- so that's, are they? <laughs> yes, yeah, And so the reason yeah. that thought crossed yeah. my mind. Can we edit I was like, this going to be. So this is only the second time I've ever done that. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, so, we, so the guy that wasn't really sure, really? he got to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I wanted to do that here is because to kind of exemplify the, this idea, if you had done the um, – I had made a, a survey just for this one for you guys. And um, yeah. And so um, – and, and on this one, I'll, when I do expectation bias, um, what I'll do is I'll include a question – no difference. They don't taste different in the triangle, which okay. screws up the statistics for a triangle, right? Because it's four instead of three. It's good to know. But, it, but if, if people do that, then I can at least say this many people. So in the last one, mm-hmm. I did like this over a year ago now. Um, uh, only one person, out of, I think it was 12 people altogether, only one person said they are not different. And everyone else was certain. And the reason I asked for confidence so is because – Can I ask how long they were in the bottle? Uh, six days. At max, maybe four days. These are these are these are the it's the same beer, same from keg. the same batch, from the same. <laughs> I don't believe you. Yeah, it's it, expectation. I can believe that. Yeah, yeah. It's psychology. Yeah, yeah. Well, completely. Yeah. Well, it's because you set up the question of. You're getting that mic to the right. Told thing. us. You're the you're the one who <laughs> told us one of these is exactly. different and two exactly. of them are the same. So we automatically go into it going, oh, yeah, exactly. one of these has to be different. Yeah. So and we so we take out the smallest thing possible right and that's why i couldn't yeah. even pinpoint anything i was just like i don't know yeah i have a feeling i couldn't analyze anything i wasn't gonna yeah well anything out. bullshit <laughs> i'm i since i am the resident dick here for uh <laughs> brewlosophy when i first smelt all of them the blue point. one had a significant diacetyl aroma to it compared to the other two and then since it is kind of drier and harsher, that's why I asked how long it was bottled, thinking that there might have been something in the bottle that was starting to work on that one. I want to smell that. Um, yeah, don't get these confused. So, but, but, I mean, now they've been they sitting. They've taken out the other ones. Yeah. So, right. uh, this was right when they got opened. Or I got a little bit in the... I got that in the blue one, and I didn't get the diastole as, as much in the, the red or green. I hmm. yeah I get more okay. of a um, I get more of like a cherry cough syrup thing but that's what I got in the other beer that I made with it as well so I, it makes me wonder if it's just not a yeast I won't be using that yeast very often if ever again um, but yeah it, it's, uh, I'm not saying it was I don't know but I'm just saying that that's why I picked the blue one yeah as as an outlier because that's what you picked up because differently. the, the sure, diacetyl yeah. aroma was different yeah I got I, I got a diacetyl aroma in green. <laughs> And then, well, and I got then, it in all of them. And then heavy in the flavor in red. I got it in all of them. No, I got that. Too. But it was strongest in blue. And then blue also had kind of the, the, the different 
little bit of harshness and, and just rough around the edges. Do you think the color yeah. of the cup could could affect the flavor? Blue is my favorite color, so there's probably a bias. Yeah. I'm it trying to find any, any reason to cover my ass. Right threw the red I, out. I don't know what that means. No, no, it's and it's not. It, that wasn't intended to shame anybody. <laughs> God, no. It's it's to point out we all shame. shame. When, when we have an expectation, sure. Yeah. No, you know. It's not, yeah. um, I think maybe a solution to this whole expectation thing is. What if we had so three cups like this, and these are all the same beers, or maybe they are different beers, but you try to match them to those same. Say we have white cups, but only you know, like on the bottom you have like a mark or something. Yeah, where um, you pretty much have to match them up. Yeah, I that, in, that, in that sense, I think that would be a lot harder to hmm. to fool because it's it's one thing going, oh, this is all the same beer, but like he said, if I mean, he's, if you had something that he was tasting that. Which is, it's very possible that, yeah. yeah, the slightest difference could have it off. But if it is coming out of the same bottle and you pour it right into the same cup and you try to match it, right. there's a very far less margin of yeah. error in that case. Oh, have to be. But if it's all the same beer, you can't be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then you you're, could be just tasting arbitrary things. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I've, I've, had a, I've had a version of the. <laughs> Say that into a Thanks, mic, babe. I dare you. Shut up, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a version of this um, uh, done on me. I was at a, a friend's house for a kind of a beer meetup, and and um, he comes out with a he comes out with a beer and serves it for me. And uh, by the way, the diacetyl is what I've gotten both times with this yeast. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I and these are these are at seventy two for five days, and I can't get rid of it. Yeah, so I agree with mm-hmm. you on that. Um, so. He, my friend Sean serves me this beer, and, and uh, I don't know if it was side by side, if it was alone, and he's asking me about it. And I'm critiquing it, and you know, I'm I'm critiquing it as an, objur- an, an objective observer. You know, I'm this guy who's you know he's made this beer, and he wants me to give him honest feedback. And it was a beer that I had made like six months ahead of time, and I'd given him a bottle of it that I'd bottled off, and he just never opened it and found it and served it to me. And to me, that was kind of a, a different version of it but but it exemplified that you know the expectation that this isn't something i made so i'm not biased to really love this beer Mm -hmm. um it's it and i'm able to kind of view it from a different perspective and um and so i i liked it i I wanted to do that because i thought it'd be fun (laughs) to fuck with you guys was it it fun for you (laughs) i felt bad actually (laughs) but I, i i promise you on this next one they're not well, at least we're all wrong. <laughs> if you do it again, I, I just swear tasting to God. through them again. I would, I would not change my answer, which is the <laughs> yeah. fucked up part. You, I, you, yeah. you sound a lot like a good friend of mine, Tommy, from uh, the, the guy who runs the House of Pendragon Brewing Company. Um, it, when he did the, when he did equally the, as wrong as you, <laughs> he was. Yeah. He, he's put, he did the same thing. He drank all of these beers and. And he, he comes to me and he's like, "I know for a fact it was you know the green one." And, and, I, and I told him, "Dude, it was. They were all the same." And he's like, there's no way you accidentally poured from the, the wrong keg. Yeah, and I, I said, no, they, they all came from the same growler. I brought extra growlers just to make it look like I was pouring. <laughs> they were the same wow. beer. Yeah. Yeah, so. It's amazing what, what uh, you know, expectation, when you expect something, and that, mm-hmm. that goes far beyond beer, of course, but when you expect something, no, you kinda, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, what, you're going to teach us about life now? Mine's very strong. <laughs> I don't teach shit, but I'll talk to you about <laughs> you'll it. Just, right. Yeah, you'll just tell me facts. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's, uh, let's switch to the second cup. That's why you, okay. She's never as good as lay as you think she's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's why? Uh, Apparently. Yeah. Expectation. Right, expectation. It's all expectations. That's why I keep telling Taryn. I was like, don't worry. I will be faithful, Taryn. It's fine. <laughs> and I apologize. And she expects that. <laughs> she expects that. <laughs> Which uh, will bite her in the ass, I guess. 
All right, so we're running. Th- so okay, so these again. There's a lot of two are the there. same and one is different. Yep. Maybe RGB. Yeah, if you guys were to do this survey, it'd look a little bit different. There, okay. Yeah, traditionally, this, this is a traditional. Yeah, experiment. you've you've monitored you've modified this for the show. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Two are the same and one are different. Well, I'll tell you what; these are much colder, and I appreciate that. I did that on purpose. It, this right. is a uh, oh, really, yeah. This oh, okay. this is a, a Hellas export beer, according to the new BJCP. Ten fifty nine started gravity. What do you think of the new BJCP guy? Then I don't care. Yeah. No. Okay, I forgot. You have no opinion. You're a robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Johnny Five. Your your goal is to collect data and distribute it exists. data. If it's yeah. got a good p value, he's in. Yeah. No, no. It's I'm all a, about the p. Isn't I have it? opinions on shit that matters. That's that's my thing. I don't give a fuck oh. what people call beer. I don't care. It's just beer oh. judging. I've, I've, that's true. Yeah. You know, I I, I was watching in a positive uh, way though. This uh, documentary about uh, sommelier is called Psalm. It's good documentary. Yeah. It's a fantastic documentary. I loved and it. The, the whole time I'm watching it, it's these four dudes. Uh, uh, trying to become a master sommelier. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole time, but Taryn and I are sitting there watching it going, it's fucking wine. What does it matter so much? You got, and they're staying up 8, 10, 12 hours. They take time off of work yeah. to do this thing. And it's like, I couldn't, that's you, it's too much. Too much. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually watched it. My brother-in-law's out here, and, and we watched it together. And uh, yeah, I, th- there's that one dude who was just... Dad? Dad. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. Holy well, cow. and so you were talking about uh, you know being super confident in what you're tasting is correct, yeah. Uh, despite the fact that the proctor, for lack of a better term, is telling you that no, you're you're wrong. When he was going through the uh, the exercises at the one master's house, I forget the guy's name, the Asian dude, yeah. And he's like, uh, no, that's the this. I think you got the wines mixed up, and the proctor's going, no, it's the it's the exact wine. You got it mixed up, no. Yeah, and then yeah. he's going through the rest of the flight, but he's still going back to that one going, no, I, can I have that again? I think you're still wrong. Yeah. And then the guy, dad leaves, this kid, they call dad for some reason. Yeah. He's like, I still think they got it wrong. Or, and then the, the proctor's like, I'm sure he still thinks that we got it wrong. Even right now, he's probably outside saying that I got it wrong when I didn't. And it's yeah. just, you can't, it's, I don't know, when you're so focused on finding something and you, you're, you're set on it, it's hard to change your mind. Uh, yeah. Praise the Gord. It's good. Uh, it's a good documentary. I recommend it. It's, there's definitely a lot of parallels to beer judging and, and all that kind of stuff. Though, thankfully, I think uh, beer judging takes a somewhat more lackadaisical approach. Uh, you know, we take, yeah, we take it seriously, that, but yeah. it's, not, it's not that nutty. I mean, you can still have a good time while you're judging beer. Right. You don't wear a sports coat. You don't wear a sports coat. And, and <laughs> yeah. there's, there's not as much terroir. As, uh, mm. And you know, and these people in this documentary to be a sommelier, master sommelier, you they want you to blind taste a wine and pick the region. Oh, right, New from world, anywhere old in the world, world Rhone, or even Burgundy. down to the, even down to, yeah, the region of a specific country. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, Rhone, Rhone Valley, uh, such and such region right. year two thousand nine. Yeah, like, I, so I guess in beer we don't necessarily have that. I wouldn't go, oh, uh, Canadian floor malt, <laughs> um, two row. Um, 2014 harvest. Uh, I just I don't think you can do that necessarily. Well, I don't think they Drive do either. I think cousin. they just make it up. Yeah. They have to, and they have to know what they're being served. That's what I think. And yeah. they get it, but they get it right. They do get it right. They nail. Watch the dude. The seriously, odds, odds. I know, but watch the documentary. Oh, it's, I know. And it's like new world versus old world. So they have these guys tasting chardonnays. And some are picking California Chardonnays from Russian River, mm-hmm. and others are picking Chardonnays from France. Yeah, like New World, Old World kind of a thing. It's like, and they're nailing it. And they're it's nailing crazy. it. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I saw one where they were showing like the study groups and the, all their sessions leading up to yeah. the test. Yeah. yeah, 
I think it's, it's the same thing. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I saw it. It's okay. called Psalm because that's what we're talking about. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Warren doesn't know. I was drinking. Yeah, I was drinking. I was drinking along with them, and so I don't remember much. <laughs> that's what we were doing, and then Taryn suddenly stopped. She's like, "I think I could totally do this." So we broke down. <laughs> we broke down a wine together because it, you know it was a, kind of a shitty wine, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, not that I'm a such a great taster, but you know she doesn't have that kind of vocabulary, and that's kind of what they were mm-hmm. talking about. And it did, was a good exercise, and she learned did she a lot. Guess where the fun. wine was from. Uh, no. well, <laughs> she looked at the bottle. <laughs> oh, no, you, yeah. Be nice to my friend. Grape juice. Yeah. Uh, Welch's. Well, two buck. Yeah. <laughs> China. China. Anyway, sorry Trader Joe's. Stop it. Tasty. Uh, let's get back to this beer, please. Help me out. Uh, have you figured out the one that is different? I have an opinion. <laughs> That's good. Right. Uh, which is which is what? I believe What's the, your p I value? I believe the. <laughs> P value of meeny, a point meeny, five. Meeny, point one. <laughs> I believe it's the blue that's different. Okay. Huh. Taylor, what do you think? Porn of Steve? It's the green? Taylor says green. Oh, this, green. This is okay. going to get interesting. Reach. Hmm. I'm, I will make it one for each because I think Fuck. it's the red. Red. Well, shit. Well, I haven't gone yet, so, <laughs> so I am. The, I am. The correct answer is. I am more. <laughs> I'm more sure. I'm thirty-three and two-thirds. Oh, I'm more sure this. Percent sure. You said red. More. Yeah. God, this is a sub. This is a. Uh, this is very hard. <laughs> because each each That's each run through. Point six. <laughs> <laughs> each run through, uh, there's something else that stands out. Mm. When I when I uh, did it just before the <laughs> yeah. a whole wine conversation that we had, which this is amazing, there was a hop character, like a bitterness that came through. Now it's alcohol. Well, this one five makes me makes me rate. I have a I have an important question for how you do the experiments when you separate the beers, uh, like at after brew or early on. And I don't know if I should ask it now. I mean, we all answered. So I guess my question is, I haven't answered yet. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, then I'm going to wait until after you. Okay, go ahead. I will go ahead and wait. Mm-hmm. If you want to write for Brewlosophy, that's I like your style. Just Warren, write. I won't brew for it, but I will write. <laughs> yeah, on a commercial scale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Warren, I think, would be good at it. He's very uh, analog. He knows numbers, and yeah. I, I, yeah. I know dick jokes. I'll, I'll evaluate your pee. <laughs> Apparently, he also knows dick jokes. Um, oh, sorry. Okay, so I, I, need to, I need to pick one. This is very tough. Um, I'm going to say... We each picked one different one, so you get to pick who yeah, you're going to You're going to support one person. You're going right. to support one person. God damn it. They taste different. Who do they you, all taste different. Who do you like most? That's, Maybe that's, that's the real answer. Yeah, that's Beatles. <laughs> yeah. None of these are the same. Yeah. <laughs> you're not a psychology uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, person. You're more philosophy. I, I, yeah, I tend to find far more interest and less disillusion in philosophy than I do psychology. So. Which one was uh, supposed to be different? Which one should be different? Which one feels like it's different? Two are, are seriously Why exactly does it the same. feel like it's yeah. like, oh, wait, that's different. Why does it want to be different? <laughs> I, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say red. I can't. I, every good time good I, choice. Every time I taste something, something else comes out. A green, I just tasted nail polish. I'm going to say red confidence level. Oh, you don't need to tell me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. It only matters when they're all the same. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. one of the things I have. Go ahead. Uh, burst our bubbles. Well, no. I, I want to know what Warren was going to say first. Oh, uh, I wanted to ask. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, Bevo. <laughs> sorry. Bevo wants to hurry up. He doesn't so, know yeah. Warren very well. <laughs> I wanted to ask uh, how up, you. Warren. 
That was a terrible Justin impersonation. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, how do you uh, go about carbonating the beers? Okay, that's a good question. Um, so these ones were these were um, they're kegged at the same exact time. I have two exact mm-hmm. setups. So I mean, literally seconds apart is when I is how they're kegged. And I keg the exact amount. I fill them up to the exact. I use pinlock kegs. They have a little rim on the inside. That's yep. five gallons. Yep. So I fill them right up to the five gallon mark. Um, I do it all closed. It's a closed system, so it pushes the. I mean, it's not. I don't. I don't purge with CO two. I'm not. I've. I've yet to experience any benefit from that. So, but uh, they're they're closed, so it pushes the air out as the beer is filling the keg up. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> once they're full, I take them to the kegerator and I hit them with uh, about forty pounds of psi for twelve to fifteen hours. Um, take the things off. Reduce the, the purge it of most of the CO2 just until there's about 12 PSI left, and then I hit them with 12 PSI. And these were on for about two weeks before I before okay. I, before I bottled them. Okay. And they, yeah, and they get the same time. It, yeah, this is one of the are you, the carbonation levels were different. Yeah, yeah, this is one of those things with bottling and pouring. So when I serve, 90 percent of the data I collect is done in my garage off my faucets. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I you know I, I had to bring them here, and so um, I had to I had to bottle them up and. Uh, when I was pouring them out there, I test. I did a little carb test myself. I couldn't tell a difference, but those were different bottles, and um, the way they're poured could make a difference. The way they look in the glass is going to make a difference as well. So it's Bev's fault. It's all. That's what I'm trying right. to say. Yeah. Right. No wonder she didn't want me to ask my question. <laughs> yeah. She's like, stop, Bev. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you did great, Bev. Thanks. Did anybody else notice the carbonation difference? Um, I, I'm not going to say that I did because I probably did, but I just didn't remember that I did. So, yeah, yeah sure, I totally did. did. That so sounds like something you, you would taste. Yeah. <laughs> was there one? No, no. Oh, well, then no, I didn't. That's not the experiment. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I wasn't assuming that was the experiment. <laughs> right. I was just no, saying that's, that's why I question. picked out the red one. Yeah. That's I did question. pour them all. Or one of the reasons. Pretty much the same. With the so, equal robusto? Yeah, I, I had a system. You know, yeah. only thing, I trust you. Only yeah. counted, well, I poured them with the same sort of flair, and I counted to the nice. same number. No flair. Wow. That's good. No, it's on honor lapel. Yeah. Um, the, so good does job. anybody have an idea what the experiment my experiment? Uh, no, but well, I'm going to taste them again. Who are, who's the person that act, their opinion matters as to what the experiment is? Uh, Nobody's. Who's, who's right and who's wrong? I will tell you this. That Warren and JP were right. That's yes. That's Whoa. right. Of course we are, Warren. Right. That is As it. usual. Right, right. So my question is this. Um, it's just to have a little bit of fun with this. We have discussed one of these experiments this evening. You piece of shit. I'm going to say mm. it's a yeast. Oh, it's, it's a the yeast fermentation deal. temperature experiment. No? Tastes like that uh, pill string you're talking about. Oh, but but this is a brand new one. I'll let you oh, know. New. It's oh, brand new. Yeah. This yeah. Is, this is, oh, I, have, I have not published this, the results of this one yet. I would guess it's something with the yeast because two seem a little more dry, a little drier maybe than than the different one. Okay, that's, or maybe that's, vice versa. I, I will say remember. that that is the conventional wisdom backing you, or you're backing up the conventional wisdom with that. Okay, I like he to said, think of myself. I, my favorite Muppet is Sam the Eagle. Yeah. very conventional <laughs> wise. So uh, conventional, yeah. Yeah, and you said so. One tastes drier. Uh, 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 yeah, two tasted drier, two than, taste one. drier than one. Yeah, yes, or something. Yeah, yeah, right. I think honestly, I get uh, the two that are similar. Uh huh. Clean ferment, dry, crisp. The one that's outlying has some diacetyl, maybe a bit more estery. Okay. And 
it's hard to say with the level of diacetyl whether it is actually like sweeter, like higher residual, or if it's just the diacetyl and esters combining. Yeah. But that's what I would guess. That's awesome. So the the one the, the one right the mm-hmm. different one was is a um, they're both the same wort split at after boil post boil it's a Hellas export beer which is a, a, what used to be a Dortmunder export okay um, so it's it's pushing six six point one percent alcohol I think so it is a little bit you, you said you picked up some sort of heat or something like that yeah, yeah. you can like taste the alcohol yeah a little bit yeah right. I, I felt that too um, the so which one did you guys prefer it, that's the last question these are the questions that are on the survey and I'm curious uh, the two that were the same two that were the same yeah easily uh, you're in the majority by the way yeah. As I should. I'm, I'm tasting again because I don't remember. But you're biased now. Uh, uh, red. What? Yeah. So you prefer the one that was fermented cooler because this is a firm temp temperature uh, experiment. And uh-huh. that was fermented. This is uh, the most popular, you know, Weinstefaner uh, 3470 WLP 800. Uh, whatever the Y East version is, it's the most popular uh, strain. I heard an interview with Vinny from Russian River where he said that he likes to ferment. Um, he likes to ferment a cow common with his first pitch of thirty four seventy, and then steal off of that and use uh, the the mm-hmm. yeast cake from from after fermenting that to ferment mm-hmm. all of his pilsners and whatnot. So I thought, okay, I wonder what would happen if I just fermented a uh, a beer at fifty degrees versus one that's fermented at seventy with the same yeast. Rehydr- rehydrated two packs uh, for each batch, same expiration dates, all that stuff, um, and pitched one at fifty. At, they were pitched at their fermentation temps, so fifty versus seventy degrees. Right. And so okay. uh, the red one, yes, the red one is the cool fermentation temperature. Uh, that was fermented at two weeks straight. I believe it was almost exactly two weeks, and then um, it had it was still even after, or maybe it was like maybe it was like nine days or something like that. It was right at 50, 50% attenuation. This is something Tasty and I have talked a lot about. Um, it's quicker lager fermentations. Um, uh, it was right at about 50% attenuation, just over 50%. So I slowly started ramping it up, brought it up to a, like a diacetyl rest at 68, let it sit there for another week, right next to the 70-degree fermentation beer, which was finished in about four days, four or five days. Wow. That just completely mm-hmm. done. They finished at the same exact specific gravity. They, so, so to me, I taste a difference, but I'm biased. Um, I cannot, in a triangle test, reliably distinguish the one that's different, though. I've tried multiple times, and, mm. and I'm, I'm, I'm about as good as chance. Um, this one, the... Yeah, but that guy sucks. It, so. <laughs> yeah. Chance is a dick. Yeah, I hate that guy. Lame name. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and so this one, uh, the... As far as I could tell, just based on my observations of mm. the people who are taking it and what they tell me afterwards, um, I don't. I don't think this one's going to achieve significance. I'm not sure. You'll have to really? Check, you'll have to check back next week. Yeah, I really, I, <laughs> I really, I really mean that. I don't have next access episode. to the data here right now. I don't have my computer out. But um, could I just do the test forty times? I bet I would get to the, <laughs> the level of significance. Yeah, you could, but that's the thing: is there are people who can. If one person. Wait a minute. What about Dr. Humber? 
What about it? Best show on fucking the Brewing Network. That's well, there and Warren got it wrong. <laughs> there you struck out. Yeah, exactly. But now you have a cold, right? Well, no, I'm saying specifically on this On this test. beer. Yeah. And I'm I, not I, saying for any test you give I me, I'll that. pick no, it out. I'm saying on this I test, see. you re-pour re the Hellas, I'll pick it out every uh, time. Bevo, you want to try You want to pour it? You, you pick the colors? Oh, why are you going to call me out on my... Drinking out on the <laughs> I, I know there's more in there, and she'd love to see you get there it wrong. There's more in there, but I don't remember what color is which bottle. Uh, oh, that's yeah, that's, that's not going to work. Had a girl. Yeah. <laughs> so then Warren would just be just learning. Warren would just be right by default. I'll tell her. I'll tell her which bottle. <laughs> yeah, it this was. is what it is. Uh, that's a really interesting experiment. So twenty degree swing, twenty degree swing may or may not statistically not matter. Only, not only a twenty degree swing, but. A lager, a traditional lager strain yeah. fermented at seventy degrees. Seventy degrees, and that's so that the is, one you preferred, mm -hmm. and that's the one most people, have, most people who have gotten it right, have preferred that. What is that? Twenty five over what's considered high? Fifty five is considered high, right? Yeah, yes, fifteen. Fifteen. <laughs> I never look. You know, I may be it's really, I may be really handsome well, <laughs> and super tall and be really built and yoked and super fit and in shape. You may. Uh, and, uh, and I need you to stop. You may be <laughs> great personality. You may be. But word, I'm not very yeah, good yeah. at math. Hmm. Yeah. So fifteen degrees. Uh, Fifty-five is usually considered kind of the max. Yes. Okay. For, for I think for primary yeah. lagering. Yeah. Primary lagering. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've heard. I, I think. I, I think Jamil. I think uh, multiple people who have said pitch at 46 for a minute 48 to suppress esters. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've done, again, not, uh, not published, but I've done so many of these where I've compared such low temps um, to warmer temps. And I, and I personally am, you know, again, I have a shitty palate, but <laughs> well, I what, can't tell a difference. What I will yeah. say is I don't like the method of lagering where you do a warm second half of fermentation. And I, I believe that you can taste the difference. Yeah, we have, we have, so, so um, that's a good point, right? Is we, is after about 10 days, nine to 10 days, because I, think I the, did ramp it up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and the ramp up and then the warm conditioning, I think, does create some flavors that aren't lager like, whether it's diastole or increased esters, versus if you do a traditional old school lagering. It, totally possible. We haven't tested that out. My, I, I've been trying to work through how I can design an experiment to properly test that. And I think the only way to do it, it's going to add other variables, would be to brew a traditional lager batch, you know, what, two months before I brew because, the other because one. Because of the timing. Oh, yeah, and exactly. So, yeah. We've got, so we've got time. Would, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, but, but I still think it'd be interesting to compare the two. Right. And, to where and, they, they're ready at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that would be exactly. That's the variable is, is time at readiness. So time mm -hmm. they're ready. Yeah. Yeah. I'm blown away. I'm I, I'm blown away. I think I think I like that you did this one, especially comparing yeah. it to a logger strain that was held at seventy the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It never dropped low. Because I wouldn't 70 I wouldn't have end. expected it to taste like this as clean and this good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I did. Yeah. It, it, now it'd be interesting. I wonder if it'd be interesting for your data to explain the test first. And then tell people, okay, now tell the difference. Now see if you can tell the difference. Okay. And then maybe do it. So like this test where we just did it with two beers, two, two, you know, the first one go, this is one I did with 20 degree difference. Yeah. And yeah. then this one, I'm not going to tell you and see if we can, if yeah. we, you know. Well, he, in a way he did that. He qualified uh -oh. you guys as Dicks. the palate. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you got it right, right? Yeah. You know which one was different. You know, it's when yeah, he went well, on yeah. to tell you everything. He talked to you guys, not me. I, didn't, I couldn't tell the difference. We, hmm. 
Well, uh, wow. you're saying he Casey's gave us- great because he he picks up on clues, man. He picks up on these little visual. <laughs> he reads people because he sits yeah. and stares at people in bars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we that that's a good point. And and stand next to them and smell them. <laughs> <laughs> you use well because Pant- yeah. Pantene Color Boost. <laughs> Glossy lipstick. I can always get the glossy lipstick. Oh, leave-in conditioner. <laughs> leave-in conditioner. <laughs> you ran out, so you used a, a, a brand from Mary, no. Herbalist. <laughs> Super 8. You stayed at a Super 8 recently. Uh, so, so now I'm thinking, my, we done? <laughs> We're done. My uh, accelerated lager method. It's not for everybody. Uh <laughs> <laughs> It's like the same sort of thing, like sensory-wise, yeah. inconclusive, right? Well, yeah. in, the, in the course, if the goal is, well, I want to make a logger in two weeks, not five weeks, mm-hmm. then right. that's good that it's inconclusive. Yeah. yeah. So what kind of p-value does 50-50 satisfy two out of four? <laughs> is that statistically <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that's, significant? That's if it, Well, when it's that low, I don't have the calculator on me, but it, when, it's, when, you, when your sample size is that low, I can tell you this. I'm, I'm almost certain the... We're at about 22 people on this one, and I think five have gotten it right, and that's very low. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. Two out of three or so two out of I will, five or I'm, something. Yeah, Whatever. I'll add your guys' data because I think you know it was blind enough, um, no. and, and so we'll see. But oh, I don't I'm think definitely it's blind enough. <laughs> that for sure. That's why I ask you to do these things. Right. right. Yeah. But um, – there was a question you asked that I wanted to respond to, and I and I forgot what it was. <laughs> How big is your pee? I don't have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to respond. Ask to that. a lot of really good questions that, that deserve <laughs> feedback, but oh. nobody gives them. So I know what it was. I remember. Yeah. So you you were mentioning about um, sharing the nature of the experiment before. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we we actually built into we there was a lot of that when we first started doing the triangle test of people saying, well, you know, beer beer tasters need to know what they're looking for so they can hone in on the problem. And then they'll be able to identify it. So what we did was mm-hmm. um, on the survey is we had them do the blind, the, the totally blind triangle test. And then when that got done, we would go back and we would say, okay, the nature of the experiment is such, blah, blah, blah. Um, now go back and redo the triangle test and feel free to change your mind. You know, if knowing what you know about the variable, go ahead and change your mind. In over 100, easily over 100 participants in different regions. So not just, you know, Fresno. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I statistically anomalous. I'm sure. <laughs> Is that where most of the judges come from? Come on, <laughs> maybe it's a regional thing. Yeah, no, it's actually not, these days it's not where most of them come from. Uh, we've got Redondo Beach, Corona. <laughs> I will fucking tell you on this. <laughs> and so um, we allowed people to go back and retake it, and in over 100 people, one person changed their mind. One person. Hmm. And maybe hmm. that could be due. And by the way, they changed it from the right one to the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Second guessing. Second yeah. Guess, and, okay. and, that, yeah. and that's the problem is that the idea is that if you're totally blind to it, you only are paying attention to what could possibly be wrong. And you don't have the, 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 the bias to kind of focus on what might be wrong sure. and then start looking for that. And that's kind of the beauty of, of a, a, at least a single blind test like this. But – I can see where people are coming from. You know, if I know that there's mosaic in a beer and Nelson in a beer, I could probably pick it out. I think. Yeah, you look for the kerosene, <laughs> and that's <laughs> it. Cap is. I'm yeah. drinking kerosene. <laughs> of course. God, why are you doing I like it. I like <laughs> Of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like the self-flagellation, too. 
Uh, well, Marshall, we're going to take a break. Yeah. Uh, dude, this was awesome. Yes, I really appreciate that. that. I want to have fun. you back in yeah. uh, because this kind of uh, you know dialed-in homebrew talk we don't necessarily get um, all that often. Uh, you brew a lot. How much do you, you brew? 200 <laughs> gallons a year, exactly. Of course, of course you, do. you do. Right. Of course I do. Yes. Although with your wife, you could brew 400. No, no. It's, she's the what makes it 200. Yeah, it's 100 piece. It's 100 oh, piece. Oh, it is it? Yeah. I thought it was 200. I thought it was 200 no, piece. No, that's for family, too. Yeah. 200 for families. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, well, then Suddenly I, you need to have a kid, I, too. I only brewed 100 gallons a year, then. <laughs> yeah. For the record. <laughs> Whatever I, mean. yeah. I think yeah. I brewed four gallons. Yeah. Well, I was rounding. <laughs> With your zymatic, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to take a break, everybody. Uh, we come back. we got some beer news happening. Marshall, if you want to stay for the beer news, you're more than welcome. Tuner game, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll be back right after this. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. If you don't know Yeast Man, you're missing out. White Labs Yeast Manager, Yeast Man, is available free to any brewer. Yeast Man is your direct link to White Lab's yeast production facility. Yes, you can check yeast availability, and yes, you can place an order, but Yeast Man is much more. View yeast quality control and analytical reports. See your big QC day entries and reports. Get access to the entire White Lab's catalog, specials on overruns of freshly made yeast, and customized options for your account. Yeast Man is the only real-time online ordering in the business connected directly to factory production. Yeast Man is always on and always live. It's the largest online marketplace for specialty brewers' yeast and related products. Visit yeastman.com today and tap directly into White Lab's production facility. Gonna brew? Yeast Man to the rescue. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, Moylan's. The end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, (laughs) nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. It's to help you out. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. You've got to try it on tap at Moylan's in Novato. They're freaking awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers! Boom! Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four-pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... 
Brew Your Own magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from thebrewingnetwork.com. A few things happened 30 years ago. ARPANET migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck.
for sticking with us, everyone. Uh, before you're welcome. we, uh, <laughs> thank you, especially Warren. Um, apparently, uh, before we get going, I want to tell you about great fermentations. Uh, if you guys are looking for someone who knows about Blickman products, uh, and it's, it's, it's separate from the actual folks at Blickman, uh, check out great fermentations. These people have the uh, largest catalog of Blickman products on the web. They have the same day shipping on some of the main items uh, where a lot of vendors can take up to three weeks to, to, to ship you your supplies. And as everybody knows, when you get the bug to, to homebrew, man, you need to do it the day of or the next day or maybe a week, maybe. Uh, but I ain't trying to wait no three weeks, man. So uh, the folks at Great Fermentations have their shipping down. Um, they have top-notch customer service. Uh, they're the best trained in Blickman products. They're, look, they're the best. Just go Great Fermentations. Uh, check out all their Blickman stuff. Buy Blickman stuff from them uh, because they know what they're doing with it, man. There you go. And their Brain Eater Pale Ale is money. Oh, really? Yeah, you shop I, there? Oh, yeah. We've, uh, they're a sponsor of ours. Yeah. Oh, hey. Ours, too. <laughs> I know. Fucking yeah. weird, dude. They're awesome. Yeah. Great people. Great people. John, John Schumann's in the studio. For some reason. Hi, guys. Hi, friend. I'm just hanging out. John doesn't have any uh, headphones, though. But Where's wife Peter tonight? I, oh, not need a, it. I, don't, I don't have my man thong or nothing. <laughs> Came unprepared. That's right. Uh, you know what? This is, I think, what we should do. Do me a favor, John. In your best sexy voice, oh, yeah. read that. You can make this Valentine's Day one of the both never forget. No, this. no, sexy. Oh. Yeah, yeah, sexy. Like, that, was, uh, that was working for me. Oh. Well, See? like, but sexy for women. Oh. Yeah, try again. Hey, girl. <laughs> you can make this Valentine's Day one you both never forget. This is an amazing offer from adamandeve.com. Through Valentine's Day, you'll receive 50% off just about any item. Just go to adamandeve.com and you'll find over 18,000 adult entertainment products, including toys, lingerie, and seemingly endless selection of adult DVDs. And there's more. With every order, you receive our romantic kit free. Our romance kit includes a toy for him, a special massager for her, and a little something we know you'll both enjoy, plus a free adult DVD to put you into mood. And that's not all. Oh, hell no. We'll also throw in free shipping with your entire order. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special Valentine's Day offer. Get 50% off one item, a free romance kit, and free shipping when you enter the code BNNARMY. BNNARMY. That's BNNARMY at adamandeve.com. Uh. <laughs> kind of want you to do it again. <laughs> yeah, now with this. <laughs> Was it good? That was pretty good. <laughs> it was good for Thank me. You did great, John. Yeah. Thank you. Nice work. Uh, apparently, I found this thing on YouTube with the 70 funky style funk guitar backing track. And it gives you the chords. It's <laughs> pretty cool. All minor sevens, yeah. Yeah, it's just like great. G- here we go. D, D, C, D, G. It's, just, it's amazing. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, good job, John. Thank you. At the break, we were uh, chatting with Marshall about how terrible season two of Serial is. It's just the worst now. How terrible is it? I didn't say terrible. Okay, I said terrible. I think it's terrible. (laughs) It's boring. I'll I'll agree with that. Who cares about Bergdahl? I just just don't give a shit. Making a murder is what made it up for me. Yes. Because that was so much better. Did you like that? 
Oh, it made me I forget how bad cereal really? was. Oh my god! Making murder on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I know it's on Netflix. <laughs> well, it's but, only you watch it. You don't listen. Well, yeah. I guess you could listen. But to there's it. you know yeah. there's like a hundred thousand people who are listening to this that don't maybe. So but you got to yeah. Tell I, I think with making a murderer though, there was so much room for you know questioning because of who paid to make the film. It was uh-huh. the defense mm-hmm. who paid to make the film. So you got one side, isn't They're it? Slanted. It's slanted. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's it's sure it was slanted. I, I you know I guess they were they were being sympathetic for sure, but yeah. I don't think that negates the fact that there was evidence that was not uh, appropriate. There were actions taken by the uh, you know the, the law enforcement and the judges that weren't appropriate for the for the thing. I'm, I'm shocked that the guy was still in jail. The, the court case just kept going through and through. Uh, I was pretty uh, I was pretty shocked. It was like one of the only documentaries I've actually gone what like out loud. Like I can't believe that this is happening. Mm. I still can't believe his uh, his nephew is still in jail. Like that's just that, that's the one that kills me, yes. dude. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I, look, I, I don't know what's going on. You people in the Midwest, man, with your sense of uh, justice. Or well, whatever. don't don't lump the whole Midwest with in with Wisconsin. <laughs> I might have They're their to, own though. special <laughs> their breed special of, thing of, of, yeah. of Midwest. Yeah. Well, you're probably right about that. Uh, yeah, serial two, uh, serial season two. I can't, uh, I can't say that I, uh, that I recommend it. I believe the term you're looking for is, I can't even. I can't even. Yeah, I can't even do that. Can't even what? I don't know. Can't even. Ready for some beer news, though? Yeah, I'm ready. Did anything happen? Uh, a few things happened, Checked and uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, as our favorite breweries continue to grow, Warren, uh, the definition of what can be called quote craft beer keeps evolving. We all know that. Mm, okay. Sierra, uh, not Sierra about it, but right. uh, Sam Adams keeps trying to, you know, they, they, they grow and they push craft. the level. Right. Uh, and as those changes continue, more and more of us craft beer drinkers are calling for the elimination of the word of craft altogether. It's just beer. Hmm. Uh, at least I, I think that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just as it seemed you might get some relief from micro definitions, there's a movement apparently in San Diego to stop using the word craft in favor of a much more exclusive and hipster oh, term. No. Yeah, I don't like this word. Indie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes, Marshall. Your favorite small brewery would be called an indie brewery mm. if I, these failed librarians had their way. I prefer alternative. Alt. Alt beer. Alt beer. But then that's a style, so you can't really do that. Well, do we need, to, do we need any other style? I guess not. Let's just, let's just do that. Uh, Alter beer. Yes. The reason is simple enough. Craft breweries are being sold to larger companies at a record pace, and using the term indie beer is a better way to determine who is who among the crowd of beer marketing on the store shelf. The term was coined by a beer podcast in San Diego and has caught on with other beer podcasts, apparently, and even... Well, there's the problem. Has it, <laughs> they never catch on. And even has its own hashtag. See, we just haven't come up with a word yet. That's the news here. That's the, that's the news. So, Aaron, what do you guys think? Do we really need a word to define who makes the beer we buy? Do you guys, in a sense, buy beer based on the ownership level of the company, or do you buy it because you like the beer? Does it? Do you? Do you care? I have a name for the beer that I buy. It's it's the brewery that makes it. Right. When I'll, oh, I'm drinking a Ballast Point. Oh, I'm drinking a Firestone Walker. Yeah. I'm not drinking a craft beer. No. <laughs> I mean, the only time that happens is when you're ordering beer on a TV show. <laughs> I will have a craft beer, please. I want your best craft. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because you have honed your craft. Yes. Tasty, what about you? You're, what about Tasty? You, you, you travel around. Do people... Do, when, when you're a man of the people. When you park it on a, on, a, uh, on, a, on a bench or a stool at a bar... I'm sniffing the girl next to me. <laughs> <What are> you, 
<laughs> Imagine what her, what her hair would look like on the floor. Um, you smell like pizza. <laughs> Tasty's in a weird place today. Sure enough. Yeah. It's the place. same place he's in every Monday. No, it's uh, my true. one friend, she works at a restaurant. She always smells like grease. Oh, she always right. smells like pizza. Fish, fish tonight. By restaurant, he means KFC. Fish special. <laughs> grease. Uh, can you smell things over the internet? I don't know. No, anyway, um, the, I talked to a lot of people that uh, are just, yeah, they put up the big stop sign of the breweries owned uh, by, uh, you know, like one of the major... Like Lagunitas is owned by Heineken. Now. Yeah, uh, Constellation Brands. Right? Yeah. See, I have no, I have no problem with Constellation Brands. I think Heineken's a, a beer worth having, and Corona, and all that. And mm-hmm. so is Palace Point. Good, good job. Way to go, Palace Point. I'll get more Palace Point. They'll make more. Prices come down to. Uh, Yes, I mean, I, I expect. Uh, why would things change? Yeah, that that's kind of my yeah, thought I like, too. I like the, it's the best beer on the board. I don't care if Goose Island makes it or, uh, or uh, you know, the, the indie guy that makes the three barrel system up the street. Do you do you hear people at, at these you know craft beer bars of which we're sitting oh, no. in one now? Do they uh, do they talk about uh, what's craft and what's not? And do people are oh, no. are people like choosing because well, one's not no. owned by a, a, a oh, yeah, large no, brewery? No, people are choosing because the beer's not owned. Is, is really yeah yeah definitely. I think the, it, uh, servers aren't recommending them. I think so, too, yeah. At this point, the people that want to call craft beer indie beer need to have a label. They can't just be drinking beer because that's what everyone else is doing. Mm. They need to have something special and be drinking something something better than everybody else. Shulite agrees with you. Right. I agree. I well, totally agree. Well said, you're abs- No, you're, you're absolutely right. No, they need to put a label on it. It's just like yeah. anything else. Yeah. Like, what is this thing called? What is this thing called? Oh, it's different from everybody else, so I need to be different. So it should be hipster-approved, then, you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. No. Indie. About craft, well, to me, craft defines like a set of styles, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I go to the grocery store and there's a bunch of what we call macro, but really, they're you know, they're styles that I, I don't like. So, there's all these other beers which are not macro, and most of those, you know, are what I call craft. They're like you know, different IPAs and pale ales and red ales, and uh, sometimes they, uh, you know, intermixed. Rare Mexican lager and pure <laughs> Well, we've done a, a couple experiments on the show, kind of like uh, what you were oh, doing, Marshall, yeah, like a uh, triangle test and, sure. and whatnot, to try well, to I... identify the craft beer for the macro beer. But in the past, it's been kind of hard because you're just talking about American lagers, essentially. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe now that's not so. It's not so hard. Does it actually matter if Goose Island is owned by AB and Bev? And does their IPA <laughs> taste different than uh, you know Heretics beer or whatever? <laughs> I think I think we're getting to the point where, you know, for whatever reason, where where, where we're at now is, um, you know, when when a macro brewing conglomerate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, AB and Bev or whatever, makes a quote unquote craft or indie beer, um, it's been pretty noticeably not crafty, um, if you will. And, and yeah, like uh, the American ale from Budweiser is the only one that really comes to mind for me. Yeah, or Michelob had um, they had their Amber Bock, which was pretty mm-hmm. good, I thought. Um, yeah. But where'd that go? I, I just I think what happens is when they try to step over into that country, people kind of start to avoid avoid them. Okay, uh, because they or at least avoid that that brand that version, and um, it's because they've got the macro label. But I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in the weird camp where I don't care as long as the beer's good, I'll drink it. Yeah. And I, and I drink a shit ton of Banquet and Miller Lite, and I'm happy with that, and I don't care, you know? And if, they, and if, and if one of those guys can make 
a good beer, not a craft beer or an indie beer, but a, a beer that's not <laughs> indie beer. God, it's so uh, pathetic. It hurts, right? Why, why are you saying that? that? I, I was, <laughs> bear, I, I was I actually, yeah, I cringed inside saying it. But if they if they could make an IPA or something else like that, that's good. I'll drink it. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I would too. Why don't they? Is a good question. I know. I don't get it. Huh? Yeah, they, hire, they just they yeah. want a bunch of breweries that have people that can show them how. I, I I just think the popular thing right now, like the trendy thing, is to hate people who make money. That's Man. true, and, and it, yeah. like you see it everywhere you go. If if somebody jumps that line from being like struggling artist to making a shit ton of money, we gotta hate them now. That's why we love Shoelight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm staying at not making shit. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what you say. Yeah. 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 I'm still on. indie. <laughs> Keeping it raw. Keeping it raw. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. In, in indie beer. Can we just stop? Please just stop. Especially that. plays while you're drinking. (laughs) I think they're maybe too big now. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're not. Yeah, that's major beer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This article I'm just going to read from because I'm really stupid, as the the whole last of this uh, part of the episode uh, should tell you. And it involves numbers and things I don't understand. So uh, here it goes. Kroger, uh, one of the world's largest grocery chains, has proposed a plan that would let a private distributor oversee how much prominence brands Uh. get in stores. This is reported by the Wall Street Journal. What's more, the alcohol companies will be asked to pay for the services of the distributor. This is a big shift from the previous system in which the largest alcohol producers like AB InBev use their role as category captains, quote unquote, to dole out advice about how much shelf space to give various alcohol labels. The proposed change is particularly worrisome for some smaller labels since it could be more of a burden on them to find money to pay the distributor for placements in their stores. The new system would be also uh, to implement a voluntarily quarterly fee for alcohol producers based partially on how much volume a store carries. So you could pay to get rated in this system or not, and supposedly that's not going to affect your placement just to help them offset the cost of something that doesn't need to be done i don't i just i don't understand it so are you paying for good shelf placement i don't know is that a well, you're paying way of saying to that? even be in the game right. it's, you know, i think that's the implication you're not on the shelf at all unless you pay that right but you pay the suggested fee yeah right i think there then are laws it, against that <laughs> that's called pay, yeah right pay to play pay to play right i don't know but i think that i think the uh, through the it, wording no, it might no, be yeah, right, they probably find a way around it there's legalese some sort of loophole. Right, that's, well, what I, that's how I read it, too, yeah. We'll do this study where <laughs> if we sell your beer, we'll keep track of how much we sell. <laughs> you just have to pay us to do that study. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, we won't sell your beer. Sounds like Big Pharma. I don't buy a beer at chain, at chain stores, so I don't even care at all. You don't even give a shit. I don't give a shit. Where do you buy beer? Over the, at the bars, in the traps, in the glasses. I never, you know, never see the container. You don't go to six packs and I have all beer at home, shit? but I never drink it myself. It's always for guests. Indie bottle shops. I have like a bunch of home beer. I go you know, I go Warren's an asshole. <laughs> so that's indie bottle shop. What is. Uh, I think what's next is that we need to have a cha- like a big uh, chain, if you will, or, you know, of like a craft, uh, you know, shelves of cold beer. Crap. What do you mean? Well, like we're for you know for good for good beer. Okay. Oh, well, like a Whole Foods kind of does that. Sure, except yeah, it did be just you know for beer and uh, you know just for beer. Yeah. Hmm. I would like that. Yeah, I'd go there. <laughs> let's let's start a business. Yeah, it's got to be a bunch of them though, so people could use. You know, they got to be available. What's nice about the grocery stores? You can get you know you can pretty much some get milk, some oysters, right? and a twelve pack. Costco's convenience. 
Costco is convenient. I, I have noticed lately going Costco. to Safeway that uh, this it's all the same. It's the same beer. It doesn't no. rotate out. Oh, no, it's no, the no, same no shit. Oh, it, it, I, I don't buy beer at Safeway it, anymore unless it's Celebration. At least in our area, well, they seasonally. only change their uh, shelves every six months. Wow. The layouts change every six months, and so that's why it's a big deal to get in. Because once you're in, you're guaranteed six months at least. Huh. And so... If you sell, good, if you right. pay the suggested well, right. fee. <laughs> and you have to sell in order to <laughs> hopefully get a spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the suggested fee. Uh, hey, guys, let me ask you a question. Are you getting enough? No. Uh, are you guys next? Uh, ready for the next beer trend? Is it double IPAs? No, it's called Farm to Barrel. Oh, I'm mm. So just like farm to table, but farm to barrel or farm to keg is the, is the, is another term. So then you never get to drink it? Apparently. Uh, it's, <laughs> apparently it's all the rage in places like New York where the concept is seeing some serious growth. Farm to barrel or, like I said, farm to keg is the term for breweries that are located on farmland using the ingredients they produce to try and stand out in an otherwise overcrowded marketplace. Oh. In New York State alone, Warren, there are 106 breweries operating on active farmland. Land, 43 of which opened in 2015. So indie. Super That's indie, the new right? craft beer. So indie, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's farm craft. It's farm to barrel. Farm to barrel indie beer. That's that's the new mm-hmm. that's the new term that you're going to be uh, yeah. seeing together. Well, the- why, why don't you call it free range? <laughs> Cage free. Crazy free. Yeah. 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 Cruelty free. Humane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> apparently there's a brewery called Licking Hole. Oh. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Licking Hole Creek. They should sponsor Shoelicious. Yeah, they should. <laughs> yes, they should. <laughs> Licking Hole Creek founder Sean Thomas Pumphrey. Holes, right? Hole. <laughs> says his goal. <laughs> <Yeah>. Singular hole. <laughs> so you choose. Dealer's choice. <laughs> yeah, pick one. Yeah. Just get one. Uh, Sean Thomas Pumphrey says his goal in opening a farm-based brewery was to break away from the pack. He says, quote, it's getting harder to distinguish yourself as a brewer. Gone are the days when you can be a city's mm-hmm. only brewery. But the farm aspect sets us apart from 99 percent of other breweries customers visiting our tap room can see our hops touch it and taste it uh there's a terroir factor apparently uh, a local flavor of the land our hops have a gentle unique characteristic and our pale ale doesn't taste like anything else i've ever had recent legislation in other states like virginia and maryland are opening the door for similar businesses to take shape i think i also read that virginia has like nine working breweries on farms and maryland has like four uh, for some reason, it's really taken off in New York, but uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. All right. I mean, well, I guess it's cool, If they're, right? if they're making all the hops they're using, then, yeah. I'm, then, I'm, then that's cool. But I, I, I got to imagine... Not, they're not, then it's, it's just like country to, yeah. to, ta- to table, not farm to table. But I mean, I, it's I think still it's still farm to table. It's still farm to well, sure. But they want to, I guess, get rid yeah, of farm but, to table because well, that term's kind of overused, and the, the tables, you know, trying to differentiate food or whatever. But I gotta wonder how much, how many hops can you make, or how many hops can you make, how many hops can you grow uh, to sustain your barrelage a year? At some point, you're going to outgrow the amount of land that you have, uh-huh. and you're going to well, be buying hops anyway. And then does it really matter? I mean, they don't have a big piece of land. I mean. Well, yeah, and I'm guessing if you're on, if you're a brewery located venture. on a farm, you're probably not like a thirty barrel brew house. Oh yeah, farm, probably brewery. seven or yeah, you're because small. The, the infrastructure needed to handle that. And I think mm-hmm. it's, I think it's just a gimmick, like you said he was looking for. Yeah, just a, just a, just a, a point, point of differentiation. Yes. Yeah. yeah, well, he's standing on the crowd this way. Yeah, John, what do you think? It's pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> I can dig it. The idea of it is pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Uh, but realistically, if it's really happening, I mean, I you know, but Julie, who knows? 
It's uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, realistically, if it's really happening, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Thank who you knows for not really lying. Is? No, I'm being honest. But yeah. you know, the fact that they are growing a, growing all these hops and stuff and, and and getting things done, I mean, that's pretty neat. You guys don't think so? I, it's it's pretty. I, I, it I think it's weird, and it ties in with the indie beer thing. I think it's weird when you have to lab, like over label yes. shit. Yes, yes. Can mm-hmm. it just be? Uh, I'm a I'm a farmer who has a brewery. Yeah. Does it need to be a thing to a thing? Does it need to be a farm to a keg? Does it need to be right. indie beer? Can it just be beer, farm beer, yeah. if you want to differentiate? I mean, right. well, you know, I, well, yeah, I agree with you on that. It doesn't even have to differentiate. Like, I mean, how I many awesome cool. beers has Tasty brewed in his backyard? As he called it, hey, it's backyard to bottle. Backyard you know? to like, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, no, it's just, it's beer. I, I probably it's the only good. unique Try about it. it is if people come out to the farm to do the tasting. That, to me... Yeah, is the the really unique. That's the catch, that's right? Sure. That's yeah. the catch. Too. Yeah, and that's de- what, what do you call that destination beer? Well, it's like going out, you know, going to visit wineries. It's yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, like Rogue like cool Farms, which I mean, was they, awesome. Yeah, and it's a real farms, they, right? super they, fun yeah, to go to. They don't, grow all their, they don't grow all their grapes, so they can maybe these guys can get away with. Not growing all their hops. Some of that shit. Say, yeah. yeah, they yeah. probably right. grow like twenty five percent of the hops and right. Rogue the just, rest, right? They grow enough to just do a couple batches a year yeah. of hops and then of grain too. Babe, we have a call. Yeah. Bev, uh, Beverly, yeah, I'm sure. And, take it not but they they have a tasting room at the farm also, so you can go hang out amongst the hop fields and all that stuff. Call, you're on uh, with the Brewing Network people teams. <laughs> yeah, how you doing, Jeb? I'm I'm I'm, I'm good. Who's this? Uh, this is the Stu from Burbank. Stu from Burbank. The Stu. Yes, sir. The Stu. Is this two in the Stu? Yeah, that's me, man. Bev, we had a phone call and I had to take it unscreened. I'm. Sorry, I'm. I can't. I'm not having a hard time hearing. You're done. I'm trying to work on it. Like, no, you're cutting in and out. You're cutting. Man, mom's cutting you in and out. Me on screen. Actually, I, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> All <laughs> right, Stu. Well, what do you? Uh, right. What well, are you we'll calling you for, time. bro? What do you want to talk? You want to talk some indie farm to table beer? Or what feelings? No, I, I. I fucking hate that name. <laughs> what are your feelings? Ridiculous thing. How do you really feel what about it? Oh, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> that's just that's just ridiculous. I think at best microbrew is good or craft beer is okay too. I think it's all getting pretty good. You know? I, yeah, I think it's fine, but there's over four thousand breweries in the country. Do we really need to differentiate? Can it just be beer? Why, yeah. why don't we just go no, by I style? Agree. It's it's a fucking American light lager. Okay, great. I pretty much know what's going to happen. It's an IPA. Pretty much know that it's you know what, what it's going to be. Just needs to be good or bad. That's it. That's it. Most yep. of it's bad. Uh, what are you calling for, Stu? Are you drunk of the week? Are you just uh, lonely? What's going on? Your cats to get taken away? No, I'm not. I'm not lonely. I'm actually uh, interrupting my bachelor premiere night right now with my girlfriend to call you guys. What's a bachelor premiere night? Yeah, we're watching The Bachelor. You know, it's airing oh right now. It's a the TV show. Huh. Just, I'm going to let him go. How <laughs> I let him go? Get out of here, Stu. I think I need a new girlfriend. Yeah. I'm just interrupting He's the Bachelor premiere night. <laughs> the premiere night of The Bachelor. We're interrupting? Uh, no, he w- he was interrupting The Bachelor premiere night to call pause. us about pause it. Uh, oh, something. Wow, that's dedication. Is it, though? He's got it on DVR. <laughs> He's the kind of guy who would use the term indie beer. That's what it is. Anybody who would watch The Bachelor will use indie beer. Yeah, as he was fine with it. Uh, God. We're down to something. What's the, what's the P value on uh, that there, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a very small P. Small P. Value. Small P. It's a very tiny P value. Small P on The Bachelor. <laughs> oh, God. Indie beer. God, leave it alone. Uh, speaking of beers and shots, Schumann, which uh, we were yep, talking yep. about, I'm sure, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Whiskey. Um, as these younger folks start getting into the craft beer and spirits game, there's a, you know, a lot of uh, distilleries opening up now. More and more bars are seeing a rise in quality beer being matched with quality spirits. The article is mainly uh, fluff, this article I read about, but uh, I thought there were some interesting pairings in here. Uh, Highland Park 12-year with a lager. For example, uh, a really nice tequila or mezcal with a pilsner, or a rare bourbon with a uh, an IPA, American IPA. It doesn't have to be rare. I copied that. It's a stupid name. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. So you order a beer and a shot, which is usually what? Probably Jameson and you know Coors or something like Jameson that. Jameson PBR. Jason Jameson PBR. That's your that's your combo, right? Um, but PB&J. apparently, there's more and more people. Uh, you know, going for the yeah. higher shelf on we, that kind we of got, shit. Well, on, both, on both ends. Talking about higher shelf, I and mean, we got Lagunitas, the uh, apple, uh, the apple beer they just came out. You guys tried that yet? No. It's like apple bottom or something like that. <laughs> apple bottom jeans, jeans. <laughs> boots with the fur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, but we have uh, what we call apple bombs, and it's basically apple it's not bomb. quality whiskey by any means, but it's Fireball and this uh, this apple uh, Lagunitas beer. It's actually quite delicious. Yeah, Fireball's <laughs> it's, shit. It's, it's horrible. Stuff. I love it. Like cinnamon, apple, apple. Oh, yeah, I it. Tastes I like cinnamon apple. Tastes like cinnamon apple sauce. Pretty good. Should I take him? It's then? not bad. <laughs> <I got laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should I take him? All right, she has it. Okay. Apple beer. What the fuck? What is he? What is he talking so about? Look up, look up Lagunitas apple. Tasty. What is he talking about? He's <laughs> talking about a uh, a beer cocktail, basically. Lagunitas apple beer. Uh, how much? What's the recipe yeah. for this? Uh, Graven's thyme apple what, how much beer. Johnny Gravenstein. What's that? How much yeah, uh, apple? Steve. How much uh, Fireball and how much? Uh, it's apple, one shot uh, to about like a half, uh, half, a can, half, a, half a half a pint. Half a pint. Yeah, it's basically like mm. a, 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 a Irish car bomb. Yeah, um, that's racist. You know, Jaeger bomb, stuff like that. Uh, mm. Same type of deal. We call it. Apple mostly bombs. to chicks, you think, or uh, mostly to chicks? But it's one of those type of drinks that once you know hot girls are into. It, of course, everybody's into it. Okay, know? so uh, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Gravins. <laughs> this is over spoon tonic. Oh yeah. So uh, this is a, a package yeah. beer from <laughs> yeah. Lagunitas. It's the one. I want to watch the chicks. The chicks drink. It's the one hitter series. Gravens time. It's, it says Gravens time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, daytime ale with Gravenstein apples from Major Farming Company in Sonoma County. Sorry, this the graphics. Yeah, well, it got so small, big, we put it in a keg. We're just like, all right, whatever. Oh, you're doing it out of cans. Really? You're kegging cocktail like a mix like that? Is that yeah, legal? Yeah, you just a pour beer. a half pint and just pour a shot of uh, oh, fireball. Okay. You can buy it as a beer. Down the hatch. <sighs> see, now I've got to come yeah. see you. Yeah. The okay, other I'm night gonna, I was I'm thinking about Jeremy Marshall right, right now. What the fuck do they have to do? Doing a, doing, putting a shot of fireball in a glass of hard cider. Yeah, no, that's still good. We started doing that first with Angry Orchard oh, or whatever okay, cider yeah. we had. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Well, I mean, I'm glad I thought of it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's Stu again. But Stu he has a real question. <laughs> Do me a favor, Stu. About his next Humber style. Don't bring up <laughs> you watching The Bachelor with your girlfriend, and we're going to be the connection will stay stable. Yeah, all right, whatever, man. Don't be a dick. Um, all right. I got, so, listen, Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be up front. So I do have a quick question. Uh, I found what you guys were talking about earlier. Uh, obviously, interesting. Um, and I want to be lazy because you guys are a resource, and I, I love it. And I think you have awesome input. So let's cut to the chase. Um, next beer I'm going to brew is an IPA, <laughs> yeah. um, which I know you fucking hate. Um, I'm going to do it with a German uh, Mandarinian hops. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget what derivative that is grown in Germany. Anyway, six one, half dozen the other. Um, 
everything I find online is about grapefruit rind or citrus rind. Um, I want to put blood orange in it, and I can't seem to get a concise or cohesive answer on how to get that juice that I want basically out of that fruit in the beer uh, the best way possible to preserve the flavor without uh, increasing exponentially the risk for infection or something along those lines mm. um, in the beer. Um, I mean, that's really, if you talk about blood oranges, you want that color and stuff, and I get it the zest has a lot of the oils and aromatics and things that you're after, um, but the juice uh, is going to contribute, I imagine, color, uh, sugars, as well as some of the flavor. I mean, you can't rule that out, so... I was curious if anyone had any input or experiments or has tried putting straight up the actual meaty part of the fruit in the beer and which guys would su- suggest. That's a good question. Anybody? Mandarina Bavaria does have a lot of those flavors. So mm-hmm. you're, I don't know. I mean, depending on if you must, you got to be a really big fan of that tannic rind flavor if you want to double down on that. Um, I saw a commercial beer that was made recently. Using blood orange extract, yeah, mm-hmm. which would I think give you the color you're looking for, but without that rind uh, sort of character. Right, but I don't know where I'd source that. And just to be uh, clear, I do want to use that one hop in the dry hopping and late edition, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to use stuff like Citra and Amarillo. I figured that would complement those really well oh, okay. and bring a relatively bright character to the beer instead of just focusing on a single note. Yeah. If, um, if you're really concerned about contamination from the fruit, you could just juice it, and then you could get some sulfites and sulfite the juice, um, but then... And then there, there are lots of instructions on the internet about how to use that. But you basically just dose it, let it sit for a day, it, all the volatiles will go away, and then you can just add it. And you cut down on your chance of contamination yeah. drastically. That was going to be my suggestion, Stu, two in the stew. This is, um, this is Marshall here. And um, mm-hmm. the only thing is if you sulfide it, you're, the, the, any residual sugars in that juice aren't going to ferment out. So you can use it sort of as a way of back-sweetening it. At least that's my experience when I use sulfites. Is it is it is it kind of halts the? That depends on the dosage rate. Okay. If, if he's adding it to beer that has yeast in it, right. depending on the dosage rate of the juice. <laughs> Killer burp, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. The the don't apologize because because brewer's yeast can handle a small amount. Right. And so depending on his concentration and if he lets it sit. Yeah. Um. It it most likely will still ferment the, the sugars. Yeah, so that might be the best bet. Sulfites. So, yeah, that was, I mean, I knew about that from winemaking mm-hmm. and back-sweetening meads and stuff like that, but my concern was that it would kill any kind of, because I would want to add it still to primary. I don't put it in another container or secondary, that stuff. I just primary and then transfer to a keg. Um, my concern was that it would kill any time left in that bucket uh, to drop those final gravity points, I wasn't sure if sulfites would just completely stunt the yeast in there. They won't if you're uh, keeping on top of your PPM of the available sulfite. So you're suggesting, though, and I, I hear what you're Got saying, it. sulfite, just the juice, add Correct. that juice. Yeah, yeah. That's, so I don't think you're going to have an issue with that. Yeah, right add now. the sul- add, and then based on the volume of juice, calculate how much sulfite you need to add. Let it do its thing for a day. And because and mm-hmm. then at that point most of it's already used up and isn't toxic to yeast anymore. Yeah, yeah. And then that, yeah. and then adding that to the beer, and then it'll be fine. Okay, that's actually yeah that is the best answer I've heard so far, and I didn't even see that online to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not oh. going to have any pectin problems, do you think? Am I? 
I mean, if yeah, I juice you will. it, yeah, I'm not but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. No, you, you're gonna get. You might get a slight haze, but with that amount of juice, in my experience, when I've added juice, it, the, your beer is gonna overwhelm it. And pectin haze. You, you, if if you've already added your yeast, even pectin enzyme is not gonna help you out. So four out of twenty people will be able to tell. So we don't worry about it. Pectic enzyme is most effective if you did it uh, before. Yeah, before you added it to the to the uh, beer. Yeah, and because in the presence of alcohol, it becomes way less effective. Exactly. Pectin, that is. Or pectinase? Pectase. Pectase, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even planning on playing with that. I was just, I mean, I, I figured if I added whole chunks of fruit, I'd be risking contamination, but I wouldn't get any haze from that, right? No, but you still But if I will. juice it, there's a higher possibility, no? Or am I <laughs> way off base here? You'll get it no matter what. The okay. intensity might change. John, how do you get big pecs? <laughs> I uh, I blast them. Okay, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah me too. With, a, with, with an enzyme. enzyme. With, yeah. You and Peyton Man with and lots of juice. lots of protein. <laughs> Stu, did we answer your question? Yeah, All right. actually, that was that was pretty that was pretty. I really appreciate you guys taking right. the time for something as simple as that. I know that's kind of I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit generic, but. I appreciate it. Hey, that's all right, man. I uh, hope your favorite bachelor wins, dude. I hope he finds love. If it works, call us back. If it doesn't, then keep it to yourself. Yeah. Oh, no, I'll send it in to Dr. Homebrew and make him try it. Please do. do it. Yeah, that'd be cool. These guys are <laughs> handsome. All right, Stu. Thanks, uh, I want to send you some beer. You guys have a good night. Thanks again. All right. Email me. Bye. All right, late. We got another call. Do we have another call, Bev? We do, but they're on hold. No, Bev's talking to him. All right. Um, we good? All right. So. She put him on hold. <laughs> she doesn't care. Okay. Uh, we're about to do the Twitter game. Warren, what was we're our Twitter game? It was brought to you by, uh, let me check my sheet again, of course. Uh, Labruski Cruise. You can check out all the Labruski Cruise fun on uh, com. It was in honor of the 37th anniversary of homebrew legalization. If one of the brewcasters was president of the U.S., what would they legalize? Okay. Did we get anything uh, good? There, well, I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> okay. I assembled a list for whatever that's worth. So it's been a while since I've been here, but do I read their name and their Twitter name? Or no, you can just read. It, it, dealer's choice. Whatever you want to do, buddy. If you want to read their Twitter name, you're more than welcome to do that. If you want to read their actual Christian given name. I don't think uh, these are their Christian too. names either, but I'll just stick with whatever their name is. Like, not parents their, are yeah, their handle. Days, not their handle. All right, go ahead. Uh, Louie said... Uh, legal at 18? No, nah, we can do better than that. Or we can do two years better than that. Okay, all right. Louis, uh, Louis a creep. Uh, Ian Hay. I should probably write these, some of these down. Says. Ian Hay. Ian oh. Hay. Uh, seeing as how tasty and Justin, Justin Ng, he put Justin with a G at the end, um, won't be around much longer. Human cloning. The show must go on. Okay. Okay. Hashtag Human RIP Tasty. Oh, RIP Tasty. Human uh, cloning. Sunshine Die Dream. Okay. One word. All right. Um, anything baked by Tasty. Make that legal? Okay. Make it legal. All right. Tasty uh, Bacon. Got it. Sean Carney says The Purge for Shitty Homebrewers. Oh, that'd be great. Well, I'd probably die, so that wouldn't be so great. <laughs> Uh, Zachary Fritz says Beardy would propose a bill for universal LASIK surgery. <laughs> universal LASIK, okay. Um, 
And Phil Howard says, President Tasty's side boob access law is passed, (laughs) but his free handles for all bill is ultimately defeated in the Senate. Free handles? Free handles. What's that mean? I don't know. It's in quotes. Sounds like a beer thing to me. Free, quote, handles? You know, like beer handles? Quote, free handles for all, end quote. I don't know what that means. I'm assuming tap handles, but... I mean, I handles, get the side boob thing. It. Is it in the yeah. same vein, or is it completely different? Is that a penis joke? Like, like love handles? Unless maybe. he's talking about the side boob is the handle. Oh, maybe. Well, uh, we'll get that. I, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. I thought maybe you would know. Love handles? Love handles. Got it. Uh, Scott Burnside says, Justin would, illegal- Justin would legalize murder and kill the several thousand people above him on Bevo's list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. I like that. Uh, Reginald says, workplace harassment so Bevo doesn't become the proud owner of the VW bus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that. The bus. I'll just call mm-hmm. the bus one. Uh, Addison Babcock was kind of a dick. <laughs> Because he said, mandatory spell check before tweeting, because even though I said, hopefully I uh, spelled everything right, I ended up not. Okay. Hopefully. And so it, it is corrected, right. but he He's was like one of the first ones uh, to trolling. respond and, and caught it. <laughs> okay, Warren. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's my first spell time. Check. You're doing great. You're doing great. And honestly, what... If you want to know the whole story. I don't really. Okay. Keep going. Um, keep going. What is this, an episode of Serial? <laughs> It'll get interesting, I swear. Okay, good. Uh, Cedar Valley Brewer yeah. says, JP would legalize marrying cats, but then make beer over 5% legal, illegal. Yeah, I would. equalizing the universe. Yeah. Cats and uh, uh, death to IPAs, I'm going to yeah, call that. Anything under five. Death IPA. Fuck, I hate IPAs. So, so that's the worst it. Worst thing. Okay, that's it. That's it. Okay. Well, before we vote, we got a phone call. I think, uh, caller, you're on. Uh, you're on whatever this is. Whatever this is. Hey, JP. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Blair uh, with Drunk of the Week, right? I, I'm pre-drunk of the weeking. You're pre-drunk. Then why are we talking? Well, because I I'm about to flame out, and I figured if I was going to be totally bombed with this pot of boiling liquid, that might be stupid. But I have like seven beers here lined up. I'm sorry. Hold on. Are no. you going to drink a pot of boiling liquid? Is that what is that what you're threatening well, right now? All right. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, my wife's not here, so I can't wake her up to make her watch this whole thing. But but <laughs> yeah, I don't or know. To, or Let's to pee see. on her. Watch me burn my esophagus <laughs> yeah. out. It's over. Yeah, you guys are out of metals anyway, though. So I I don't know. I think we are. Uh, I mean, hell, why not? Okay. So what are you what are you I, doing? What's the pot of liquid thing? I don't understand. I'm a little concerned for your mental health right now. So I'm brewing tonight. Okay. All right. I get it. You were so, yeah, you're being coy. Okay. So how many beers have you had? So I had like three 12-ounce Imperial Pilsners. So those are what, like seven, eight bills. I don't even want to and give. Then, I don't even want to give the award to someone who would drink an Imperial Pilsner. Well, I know, but I'm are not watching serious? the fucking Bachelor. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right, he's got that. Well, that's point. true. Somebody, somebody had to bring something. I mean, some, somebody beat me. I'm not necessarily saying I earned it. I'm just saying throwing down the gauntlet. Okay. Let's do something. Look, here. man, you know, you're totally right. Fair enough. I'm sorry. Keep going. My bad. That's that's all I got. So I got you know I don't know I got five <laughs> gallons of I got five gallons of Bach over here and and I've got like you know a whole bunch lined up. 
I figure I'll pound like six of those before I go to bed, get this thing chilled, and then I'll get up at 5.30 and take three kids to school. So if somebody can beat that, bring it. Uh, well, well, sure, I can beat it in theory because you haven't done it yet. Right. Well, this is true. I'm going to go true. home and drink I'll, a 12-pack. I'll tell you what. I'll call, I'll call the thing later. And I'll leave you the message. And call I'll the thing later. Something like blobber, and we'll all feel good. Yes, is, that's what I want. I want to feel good without does medication. Does the message thing still exist? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I don't know oh. the number, so you hope you have it. You can I, hear I the think busy it signal. Right. Uh, yeah, sorry, man. Not, I'll, I'll leave it somewhere. Look, dude, you're doing great. You're doing great. Just give us a call in like four hours. All right, I'll keep working. All right, man. We believe in you. Later. Sorry, dude. The... Um, there Bev, was like uh, a yeah, Bev. Well, Bev hit the, the busy all thing, and um, you can I guess bleed. There's a little bleed through or something like that. It's not her fault. It's fine. Okay, so Twitter game. So I had the human cloning. That's a good one. Uh, make everything legal that Tasty makes. That's pretty good as, as well. Um, I liked the uh, side boob access law, even though the, the second part of that law was a little we'll just past the first. Yeah, yeah, let's just yeah, let's get rid of some pork there. Um, mandatory spell check. And then uh, the cats in the the outlawing IPAs or whatever. How about making uh, murder legal so Justin can kill right, everybody? Up you want to do that one too? Well, I, I thought that was I call it the bus one. All right. Okay. Well, uh, what do you think? Human cloning. Who wants to vote for the human cloning one? Yeah, Nobody does. Tasty. Ba- anything tasty makes. Is it? No, okay, that's fine. Uh, side boob access law. <laughs> I'm gonna vote for that shit. What that's is that? three. I don't know what that means. I don't okay. know what that print that sounds well, like, but nothing can be bad about it, right? That's yeah, four. I love side boob. Yeah. You gotta love. You gotta love this. So even with Bev's two votes, uh, it's the side boob action that wins. Oh, nice. There you go. So, so alternately called the uh, sleeveless boob. top uh, law. Phil yeah. Howard. Phil Howard at Seabad Phil. Good job, Seabad Phil. Speaking of Seabad Phil, uh, Marshall, you were talking a little bit earlier about how you use Beersmith. I love Beersmith. I, we love Beersmith too. And if you guys haven't tried Beersmith, you can go to beersmith.com and there's a 21 day free trial. Uh, costs you nothing. Uh, just to play around and brew. It, look, you're going to play around and brew anyway, so you might as well just fucking do it with Beersmith. Okay? Mm. Just do it, Beersmith. Trust me. Uh, Uncle JP knows best. Okay. Now I'm going to take you to school. Uh, all right, Warren, are you ready to get us out of here? You're going to be me today. I'll try. All right. I'll give you the, I'll give you the cue. Do you know when to come in? You don't hit the post. Do you gonna hit the post, Warren? Um, yeah, when the music comes up? No. Not exactly. Oh. Not exactly. You'll right get, when the singing starts. I'll point it. at you. You're used to it. I'll do this. When the singing starts. Yeah. Okay, I can okay. do that. Are you ready for this? All yeah. right, Marshall, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming in. And doing your whole thing in here and bringing all the beers and making me uh, totally doubt myself. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> I loved it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Of course, it was a lot yeah, of fun. It was great. We gotta have you back. Uh, Shoe light. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for blowing it up, dude. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Bruh. <laughs> all, right. Bruh, uh, all right, everyone. Thanks a lot. Uh, we'll uh, see you next week. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at go, by going to morebeer.com. Marshall from Brewlosophy came up to talk about experiments and triangle test trickery. Go check out all of his cool science and the significance of his pee at brewlosophy.com. Merge your love of Disneyland with your lack of engaging podcasts and go to earsuppodcast.com with a Z. As J.P. Terran, Bebo, and Terran... Sorry. J.P., Terrence, Bevo, and Terran talk about all things Disney. Go check out Moscow's Hop Cartoons over at hoplifestore.com. 
Get on Twitter for some good beer insight and homebrew info. Follow Nathan Smith at Nathan Homebrew and Tasty McDole at Tasty McD. Warren is joining the 21st century over at Another Beardy. Speaking of Warren, he was a bit of a dick today. In unrelated news, he was also sitting in JP's chair. The production director on the session has been Pusha Jack. Today's show was sort of produced by JP. Bevo was still trying to beat Warren at a game of trivia's crack. And your host was JP. <laughs> Be- a little late, Warren, but you did great, buddy. Thanks, man. All right, cheers. Be sure to follow the Bring Network at Facebook and Twitter and Instagram.